What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinan, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me are my very special Star Wars friends. I'm Josh, and I would like you to do the magic hand thing, baby. (laughs) (laughs) This is Kyle, and uh, I am not permitted to be captured. I must be destroyed. Beautiful. Yes. You guys always have the best intros. I love it, man. I'm really glad I went with the Baby Yoda thing because I was almost going to say that, and that would have been really dumb. (laughs) Yeah, well, I would have had nothing then. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, man, this is crazy. Uh, Hopefully, you guys' holidays were awesome. I know that I did my best to kind of keep up with uh, everything going on social media over the last few days, but it's been hectic. I've been all over North America the last week. I mean, it feels like you know, Rise of Skywalker just came out what, seven, eight days ago, but it feels like I've lived three lifetimes already. Whew, all the content and all the discussion and everything going on here. It's been a wild holiday season. My goodness. So um, did you guys have good holidays? Yeah, it was awesome. good. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, good, good, good. Um, you know, this was an action-packed Star Wars holiday season for Star Wars fans. We had everything from the, you know, the episode nine end of the Skywalker saga to the finale of, well, actually the penultimate episode of season one of Mandalorian. And then we got the final episode. Um, a lot of people were finishing up fallen order. Um, a lot of people were getting holiday gifts. They were doing their shopping. They were, you know, this is just definitely star Wars season, 2019, 2019. There's a lot of people who just got fallen order for Christmas. Really? That's true. I saw that all over Twitter. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, so it got me thinking while I was out there, I, I kind of want to do a 2019 year in review and break down everything that's happened over this year. It's been it's been nutty, guys. Like, I, I was thinking about it because uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time on the car doing the holiday road trip thing, and it just all the stuff that I would want to talk with you guys about that happened this year, from whether it be book releases or toys toy releases throughout the year. Uh, obviously celebration played a huge part into it. A lot of the reveals we got, um, it's been a really incredible star Wars year for, for fans. Uh, so with that, I mean, I'd, I'd love to get that episode going here before the new year, which is just a few days from now. But, uh, we, as always, we would love to encourage fan conversations for that show. So kind of give us your highlights. You can hit us up at SW Friends Show. If, you, if you're a first-time listener, you're a long-time listener since we got 11 episodes now. Today's episode 11. So we're kind of considered long-term, right? <laughs> like, it's Double crazy. digits. Yeah, it's nuts, dude. So if you're a first-timer or a long-timer, we want to hear from you and what your favorite thoughts were in 2019 in the world of Star 
Star Wars. You can hit us up at SW Friends Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can send us an email, show at StarWarsFriends.com. We just definitely want to hear from you guys. And if you have any questions about what to look forward to in 2020 or whatever thoughts you want to lay down on us, we'll definitely read them on the show. So hit us up. We want to hear from you guys before we do that show. Um, but I definitely want to give a shout out to another of our Star Wars friends, Vic. It's actually his birthday today, right? Yeah, it is. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Vic. I woke up to a whole bunch of text messages. I tried to sleep in. I haven't been able to sleep in in a week. And I woke up and I saw it was uh, Vic's birthday. So happy birthday, Vic. Uh, he can't join us today, but I'm sure he'll be on the next show here. Um, so, all right, Kyle. You said some people got fallen order just for just for Christmas, just the other day, yeah. right? Yeah. I beat it over the holiday break. Josh has already beaten it. Where where are you at in this game? Uh, I am not. I have not beaten it. I am yeah, probably, yeah. I'm going to say probably like halfway through. Um, I put in a lot of time for about, you know, three or four days. And then, um, you know, I, I had a lot going on with the holidays and even for a couple weeks before that. So I'm hoping this week um, to be able to finish it, but I am, I still have a little ways to go. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, on the last episode we did episode 10, uh, I was talking to Josh and Justin about how I felt like I was so close. I was so close to Mm -hmm. being the game and um, it was Christmas Eve and uh, we had just gotten back from Canada and we were sitting on the couch and I had, I was like, Oh, you know what? Let me just I got like two hours to kill. I got nothing going. I'm waiting for Santa to come down the chimney and I might as well play this game here. I turned it on and I swear, dude, the game I I fully expected to be playing for an hour, hour and a half. I played for 10 minutes and the game it was, was just over. Done, huh? It was over. <laughs> and I was like, what? OK, like so I don't want to give away. I really want to do this fall in order recap show with you guys. Um, but damn, Josh, you were right, man. That game just ends. It just ends quick. And I did not expect it. Um, I sat there, of course, watching the credits and I felt like the credits to this game actually, it took longer to get through than the actual game did. Uh, the credits seemed to go on for at least a half an hour. It takes a village, Chris. And you, and you can't skip them. No, you can't. It was it was wild. So I haven't gone back to see if I can go through some of the worlds and do a little bit more exploring because that's the only, for me, that's the value in the game. I want to go back and I want to find all the secrets because now it's like, oh, who do I give this game to for free? Like, I beat it. You know, I don't know if there's going to be any downloadable content like they're doing for Star Wars Battlefront, which is actually pretty awesome. Have you guys seen the updates they're doing for Star Wars Battlefront 2? I do have that game. Uh, yeah. I haven't played it since it first came out, though. It's kind of wild. Like I, I played it a bunch when it first came out, and then I got really sick of just getting murked constantly yeah, by little course. kids. I was not and, good. But then they have, <laughs> like, every couple months, they add new characters and new levels, and I'm just like, but I haven't gone back to play anymore. And I feel like there's probably 15 new heroes that are available to play since the last time I played it, which is wild. There, there are. There are. I'm nervous that I'm going to see the announcement that they have uploaded Ahsoka Tano as a playable character, and then I'll basically like have to play. Yeah. But I'm so far behind that it's going to be they, just miserable. I think they already did. <laughs> no, no, Ahsoka's no. not in the game. Because I, I, it's actually a game that I do play at least once or twice a month. Um, I don't play online because I'm a firm believer that EA needs to release like a dad league where it's just like, <laughs> People over the age yeah, of like up, 30, you, like you're in your 30 to 40s, 40s to 50s. You know, I think it's so unfair 
for someone like me who sucks at video games to go just go into a random, you know, whatever they have. I, you know, and I just you're you just get smoked, man. I, I don't can't have even enough learn time. a map. <laughs> right, <laughs> get, right. Get headshot in two seconds. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. So I, I was actually pretty decent at Battlefront One, but Battlefront Two, man, that was. I'm not very good at multiplayer, so I'll, I'll. But I will. I'll log in. I'll download the updates, and I will play the um, the single player, um, you know, arena style games. They have a hero mode where you can play as all the the big characters. But um, they just the story released. was great too. Oh, the story was fantastic, and actually added that element to the Rise of Skywalker. I think. Um, but with this new download that they have, the new the new DLC, you can literally get every single costume every single power it, for every character. So like all the Lando costumes, all the, all the trooper outfits, all the clone trooper outfits. And you're, t- I'm talking like over a hundred different appearances and emotes, um, for like, I think like 40 bucks. Uh, I've not pulled the trigger on that yet, but mm. it, it does look pretty, it does look pretty slick. Now are those hero re- as someone who still plays it all the, uh, like enough. Yeah. Are those hero releases like ongoing? So say like, you know, a year ago they released Obi Wan Kenobi from Clone Wars or yes, something. Yes. Is like is is that still playable now or was it yeah. are they limited time here? Okay, so they add them and then they're just there. Yeah, like Dooku, uh Anakin Skywalker. Dooku was hilarious because for some reason they released Count Dooku in like silk pajamas. And I was <laughs> like, What I is yeah, I was like, what is happening here? What, who who approved this? But yeah, they He's have a count, a, man. How can you not be smooth if you're this a is count? very true. This is very true. The Count Dooku silk pajamas. That's worth it alone, guys. Log back you know, in and download that. Serena was really well known for its uh, fine silk. So and, and relaxing. Yeah, 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 just relaxing all day. That's all they do there. Um all right. So the last thing I want to say about video games, though, and I kind of alluded this to in our group thread, but I want to get it out on the show. Uh, I have a huge library of the art of Star Wars books, and I already went into my rant about mm-hmm. why I'm upset that the, the Rise of Skywalker book is, is got pushed back. Um, but I held on to the art of Fallen Order until after I beat the game, and I was in a I was in a hotel room the other night in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to crack this book open. I was so excited because I love these books, and it's about a 220-page book, beautiful. Uh, but I started cracking through the pages, and I found myself just flipping, 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 flipping. And I was like, whoa, okay, got about 100 pages in, and I'm like, dude, there is nothing new in this artwork. There is no everything was transferred from the artwork directly to the video game. And I'm not sure exactly why they, I mean, if that's cool, if that's like what they did and they just got it on first draft, good for them. Wow. I've never seen that before, but it was (laughs) very point of the book then, right? It was unexciting. (laughs) It didn't show me any different uh, perspectives. I I let you guys know that Eno Cordova was like the only, um, it was the only character that had like different iterations. Cal Kessis looked exactly the same from concept to execution. Um, the second sister had a couple different, um, a couple different looks, but nothing wild. Uh, there was maybe about eight pages at the end of the book that had anything that was kind of extraordinary as far as concept art is concerned, but not enough for the price point of that book. And I definitely, it's, you know, I, here we've said it before, you don't have to love everything. Star Wars. Um, I, I don't necessarily recommend this book for casual fans. Uh, you save your money, spend it on something else. Um, but if you're a collector of art of books, sure get it. But man, I'd, I would pass 
I would definitely pass if you're just a casual fan uh, thinking about buying that. Nothing special. So that's my uh, IMO, hashtag IMO, uh, about the art of Jedi Fallen Order. Um, One last thing in Star Wars news. Did you guys see what got released on Disney Plus this week? Actually, just the other day. I saw it in the uh, no. notes. I didn't see it in the news. No, you didn't see it. You didn't. You didn't log into uh, this. The, the last Jedi and Solo got moved over, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So the last Jedi is finally on Disney Plus. Um, and that really, they, that really messed up my whole series rewatch before Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> really, you know, I had to really. Switch from Disney Plus over to Netflix. <laughs> right. Huge hassle. I, it really is. <laughs> Um, you know, but did you guys, you guys see, um, you've seen like the movie title cards on Disney plus, right? They're very stylized. Um, nice. Yeah, they're pretty nice. I I would say, um, they look better than the iTunes cards. Um, I have all the movies on iTunes and, um, I'm always interested to see how, where the actors are listed. Um, Yeah, yes, as far as like in order or whatever. Um, but I, I have not put on the 4K version of Last Jedi. So, um, was it 4K on Netflix? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I, Netflix is able to stream in 4K quite as good as Disney Plus for some reason. That's just my totally uneducated the way it looks to my eyes, but. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I'm, I actually, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw it out there. I haven't streamed a single movie, single Star Wars movie from Disney Plus yet. I think that I think those 4K renderings look so so good. I got especially do it. the original trilogy. Yeah, I got to do it. I I'll probably throw on uh, Empire or uh, Return of the Jedi tomorrow. We'll see. I definitely want to put on Revenge of the Sith. I saw a Lego set that Yakface mm-hmm. posted yesterday that was the duel between Anakin and Ben and I not a Lego guy, but my dude got me that giant massive Boba Fett Slave 1 set. Now I'm like, "Oh, Okay, I'm paying attention to these things now. That Anakin, yeah. that Anakin Obi Wan set looks sick. But uh, speaking of which, speaking of things that I'm seeing, let's uh, move on to our next segment here. Your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. <laughs> so with that, um, this was uh, a holiday week. Um, I have I've said it a few times. I never asked for anything Star Wars for the holidays. However, Justin, our other Star Wars friends. Uh, yeah. He 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 got he sent us something. I I haven't opened mine up, Kyle. Yeah, I haven't either because I follow the directions, so uh, mine is still <laughs> sealed in the package. <laughs> but two of our other hosts uh, did not follow the directions, so they got their surprise ruined. Um, Justin cannot be with us today either, but he gave us full permission to open these things up. So one, two, three. Are we ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Rip right. I'm opening mine too. Oh Let's yeah, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's see what we got here. It is in a bubble wrap. Oh, dude, this is sick. This is sick. (laughs) So I wonder, did you guys get the same thing that I got? I'm going to hold it up to the screen here. Yeah. Oh, dude, this is sick. So what we just got from uh, Justin is the Chimera uh, Thrawn's Star Destroyer. He's got the Chimera design underneath the bottom side. And this is a beautiful rubber patch. Oh, cool. Oh, this is go- this is going right on right on my jacket. This is beautiful. So, so. it's Velcro. Oh, it's Velcro. Oh, even yeah. better. It's like even a tactical better. patch. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then, yeah, yeah I, I could sew the Velcro on, and then oh, beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Justin. I've got a uh, I've got a uh, Think Geek bag that I t- that I take to cons and stuff that has a uh, like the loop side of the Velcro on the front. It'll stick right on there. Oh, this I is that, beautiful. I have a backpack like that too. So, Justin, backpack. 
Justin knows us very well. I've used the hashtag uh, Thrawn Boys on uh, on our on our Twitter several times. So, uh, Josh, I'll take yours. I know you don't really care for Thrawn very much. (laughs) Right, dude. Oh, this is great. So Justin said that these are from a uh, a company called Rilo Relics or Ryloth Relics. Okay, Ryloth Relics. Oh, this is sick. I never heard of them before. RylothRelics.BigCartel.com. If you want to check them out, look at that. I'll look into that. Yeah, this is gorgeous. Oh, dude, I've never seen anything like this before with the Chimera logo. No, right on the like Star Destroyer, I guess silhouette. Yeah, no, we were just never seen that before. No. Oh yeah, no, it's a. I've I I have some stickers that I got from T Public or something that are that are like that, and I think a couple I years must ago be following the wrong hashtags they had a, or something. Yeah, you got yeah. Hashtag they had an exclusive Thrawn pin boys. that was this too. Yeah. Oh, there's a I'll pin of the it. boys to every every yeah. It was an ex- it was a celebration exclusive though. So good luck. Oh it. dang! Like cheap at least. Yeah, Evil you Bay. Evil find Bay. it. <laughs> yeah. Although I did I did get that Thrawn pin from 2017, uh, the recreation. That's exactly the same. So I, nice. I ordered mine too. Yeah, it, that's a, that's good. really nice. Yeah, I gotta have it on my lanyard for that's sure. That's not the Thrawn from this past celebration in Chicago, right? No, no, I, I have that one too. Uh, the previous one. I'll send you the link. Did okay. did you guys did you guys end up getting the Thrawn from the last celebration? I did. I have it. Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. That was actually that was one of the few I wanted. That and the Ahsoka. Um, did I you get Ahsoka? Wanted, that was I one did. of the hardest ones to get. I, I think. did. I did. Uh, and I also, for some reason, I wanted Young Lando. And I and I, it was just whatever. It was a weird thing. Um, Thrawn was the first one I got. I was so yeah. stoked. That was the first trade I made with one of the employees there. I was like, oh hey, do you do it? like you know? I was like super naive. I was like, oh like uh, can I can we do a pin trade? And <laughs> like I didn't even know what they had. Yes, weird man. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I actually I traded Watto for Thrawn, so I think I came out on top with that one. So you basically uh, stole it. Pretty much, I could have. Yeah, no, that's definitely a steal. So, no, thank you, Justin. This uh, this Chimera uh, yeah, this patch cool. from Ryloth Relics, man, this is super sweet. Um, so, with that, I guess I did get a uh, a Star Wars Christmas gift. Uh, so that's cool. I did get one actual Star Wars gift from a family member. Oh, what'd you get? It's um, so there's this company that they sell individual cells. Of the, I guess, original 35 millimeter print of the, it's the special edition, of course. It's not like the original. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. um, I I got one of the cells from um, Return of the Jedi. It's in a little frame. It's got a um, Lucasfilm and Disney certificate of authenticity, and it's numbered and all that kind of stuff. But um, I already have one from uh, Empire. So this one, it's obviously exactly the same and it matches it. And I always check to see what the cell is. You know, I mean, yeah, you yeah. don't want a cell of just like black and stars or something. <laughs> right. That would suck, right? right. I actually got, it's a full-on close shot of Vader's helmet with an Imperial Guard in the background. It's well, super sick. awesome. So, sick. Uh, um, that That's was awesome. cool. That's for my brother. That was pretty good. I've always wanted those. I've always seen those cell type things offered, and I never actually pulled the trigger on them. Uh, but that would be, yeah, that's pretty nice. That's a pretty nice piece cool. for the collection. Yeah. I guess I need to get a new Hope one now and finish the uh, original trilogy. I got the other. Sounds pitch. like it. Completionist. Yeah, it's it's in our blood. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> um, I did, but I did actually receive another Star Wars gift. Uh, I totally forgot that I had like 
I put this bug in my, my mom gets his calendars every year. It's like, she always, it's like a, like a tradition for a family. And, um, they have that beautiful, beautiful Ralph McQuarrie, uh, from Abrams books, the Ralph yeah. McQuarrie calendar. And it's oversized. It's like 20 inches by 16 inches. Each panel is huge. And they had it for presale at celebration. And I did not put my pre-order in and I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to ask Santa for this. And I forgot that I actually sent my mom that link back in like late April. So when it, when I opened it up, I was just like, oh yeah. Like, you know, it was one of those moments I totally forgot that I asked for it. Good on mom with the Christmas present eight months in advance. Yeah, seriously, seriously. Well, it's, it's a pretty special calendar. Uh, I'll post a photo of it. It's actually almost, I'm a six foot tall man. The, the box is almost half my height. It's uh it's a really large calendar. Oh, so it's my height. <laughs> it might yeah we'll do a side by side uh so it's a beautiful uh, calendar I'll, I'll post that up uh <laughs> a thing i got for myself though um was i was at an antique mall in fort wayne indiana where my 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 new family because i got engaged my new family is from uh fort wayne so i was out visiting them they have this massive antique mall and inside there's actually a dude that sells star wars stuff only <laughs> only like that's all he sells and um I saw in one of his cases, the bottom, it was like kind of buried, was the Empire Strikes Back Rebel Transport. And I collect vintage, and it's one of the pieces that I, I've i never seen in the wild. Like, I've seen it, but I've, I've seen it not for sale, or I've seen it for like $200 or above. Um, I will tell you that I got this piece for a steal, uh, but I did head negotiate a little bit, uh, and I worked a little Christmas magic. But I got the Rebel Transporter for 60 bucks, man, like – sick um so it's one of the last few vehicles i need to uh to complete the entire collection uh because it's an ugly it's a dumb vehicle <laughs> like like you know my, my new family they're not star wars people they you know they're hockey people and they didn't understand that i was like oh look at this thing you know it looks like a I don't know. It does look a bit like a suppository. Right? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. They're looking at me. They're like, whoa, what, what are you so excited about? I'm like, yeah, I know. It's a ridiculous thing. It was in the movie for like four seconds. It's, you know, I had to explain the whole thing. One of those little boob and nipple guns to cover your escape, <laughs> you know, with it. Right. I got to do it. For one is the way. Yeah. So I'm ex- I'm excited about that, and last but not least, um, this is kind of a tie-in to Star Wars. Got uh, got Disney gift cards from the family, so I, I went ahead and got my tickets to Walt Disney World, uh, so I can go see Galaxy's Edge. We already booked our um, we booked our Droid Builder, we booked our Oga's Cantina visit. Uh, we're ready to get on Rise of the Resistance, so I'm going to see if I can book a fast pass for that. But uh, Disney gift cards are a great way; you just stack them up. Ask throughout the year if someone wants to, hey, what can I get you? Say a Disney gift card, and then you just stack them up, save them, and pay for that extremely high entry price. Um, you know, I think ours was like one twenty-five a day. It's like, holy shit. I don't know how families do it, man. I don't know how families yeah, pay for it. Just to walk inside, right? Just to walk inside. Yeah, bad news. Wait till you eat lunch, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what I you do is you don't have kids, and then you just go by yourself as an adult. <laughs> yeah, oh, right, right. I've done that many times. That's what I'm yeah, planning on doing. <laughs> I've I've been to yeah, I've been to Disney several times, but not uh, you know definitely not with Galaxy's Edge in mind. Right, like this will be my first experience with Galaxy's Edge, so I'm definitely oh, I excited. You had about gone that. already? No, I was waiting for this ride to open up. I literally like I, I wasn't about to pay full price if I wasn't going to get like the full the experience. Main attraction right now, yeah. I think probably. Yeah, and people were like, "Oh, why? Why haven't you gone? Why haven't you gone?" I'm like, "Dude, 
the big ride's not open. Are you crazy? I'm not spending, you know, several thousand dollars to get half the experience. Um, but plus I, I'll get to go two times in one year. Cause I plan on going, uh, before celebration day before celebration next year. Uh, I'm interested to see if there's noticeable differences between the two. So what I've gathered is that the rocks are actually painted different. So that the, the mm. spires, the spires are different shades. Uh, but I definitely, I have like a photographic memory, so I, <laughs> I'm sure I will spot minor differences throughout the way, but, uh, yeah, I can't wait. But anyways, what did you guys get? Uh, what's your fine additions to your collection? I've um, been, uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't on the last two, uh, shows, so I've got a couple things, but, um, I picked up while I was Christmas shopping for other people, I picked up the. Cara Dune Black Series and oh, yeah. the IG-11 Black Series. I know a lot of people already had those, but this is the first time I've actually seen them out in the wild. I did not have the most successful Force Friday. So yeah. um, I picked up those, and I think I texted you guys that I anticipated IG-11 was going to uh, come back and, and uh, whoop some people's butts this week. And Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. He did. <laughs> totally. Uh, <laughs> I also, I was at Hot Topic and I got this, uh, it's like a orange and black beanie. Uh, it says Rebel and it's got the Rebel logo on the bottom. Um, but it was on cool. sale for like oh, 60% yeah, yeah, yeah. off. I ended up, it was like five bucks. So That's tight, yeah. I grabbed that and I got some more pins um, from Fulcrum Dawn. Beautiful. I got the uh, Darth Maul. Just like the eyes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then they have a little, like, it's kind of a stylized Ahsoka. She's really tiny, but she's oh, yeah, got yeah. Um, both sabers behind her back, and she doesn't have a mouth or anything. Her eyes are just circles, but it's um, it's really tiny. It I don't know. It's cool. She wrote a little handwritten note on it. Greatly appreciate the support. Threw in a couple stickers for free, so that was a great deal. Yeah, Fulcrum Dawn, man. They they also wrote a little note for me too. Like that's great customer service. So kudos to them. Um, yeah, great, great. Uh, you know, makers, great makers. And I've I've also got my, um, of course, my big cup with the C three PO head on it from. Oh, you got the C three PO. Uh, the Sweet. Rise of Skywalker premiere. Wait a second now. Wait a second now. Back that yeah, thing up. I didn't so, go to Cinemark. I went to oh. Regal. Look at that uh, crazy cup topper. You got to post a photo of that on Twitter. That goes on top of, you know, of course, uh-huh, the whatever yeah. 300 ounce beverage they give <laughs> right, you at the movie right. theater. I don't know. <laughs> right. And then there's, uh, I don't know. It was, there was also a Kylo Ren and I think just maybe, no, I think it was a Sith trooper, not a, not a okay. storm trooper. So I got the, I got the Kylo Ren cup topper, but it's like his bust. Like it's, uh, it's like almost a oh, it's like chest up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's yeah, different. I never saw that. I haven't even seen that posted online yet. And then, um, you know, the popcorn bucket with... Oh, you got a different one than I did, too. Yeah, man. Wow, look at that. Wow, that's cool. Everybody, everybody was dogging the, the Regal Cinema, but, um, you know, they came with the merch, I guess. So I got a question. Yeah, I like his popcorn uh, bucket better. I like mine. I, it well, was enough his... popcorn for at least 13 people. I can tell oh. you that. <laughs> And I had it by myself, but I didn't finish it, but it was for me. It's a very clean looking bucket. The the one that I have has all the characters on it. It's it's actually both are really nice. But uh I got a question. So I actually I saw uh Uncut Gems at a uh what was it? AMC. 
theater. And I haven't been to an AMC theater in I, ages. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been to an AMC movie theater. I have a small art house uh, called Cedar Lee. It's right down by my house. Very small theater. And then I have Cinemark, the, a big one. The popcorn at AMC was god-awful. It was so salty. It was dry. And they make you butter it yourself. And like, it's just, it was terrible. And it was so expensive. It was so friggin' expensive. What do you guys think about AMC popcorn versus Regal or Cinemark? Because Cinemark is like my go to. Great customer service, good popcorn. But do you guys have like any experiences with popcorn or any? My popcorn was, uh, yeah. I went to Cinemark and my popcorn was like so buttery. I felt like I was going to throw up after. But while I was eating it, it was great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) pay now pay later kind of thing yeah um i i actually only got popcorn because i wanted the rise of skywalker bucket you know i I generally don't even get popcorn i get a pretzel or something okay okay um that's just me you know i I will say i went to i went and saw rise of skywalker finally for a second time um yesterday before work because i work second shift i go in at 3 p.m so I went to a 10:15 a.m. yesterday at the Cinemark, which is you know probably equal distance to the Regal that I normally go to. And I must say, it was a really nice theater, and it, they they called it like an early bird or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. It was it was under seven dollars for a ticket. Oh, that's, that's it was sweet. like six seventy five or something for a. I mean, not that everybody's available to go to a movie at ten o'clock in the morning for on sure. Friday. I get that, but um, it really was a good deal, and it was a great theater. It had the uh, like a swivel tray to put your snacks on or whatever. Oh, nice. Um, they had like a Pizza Hut and all kinds of other. Oh like, yeah, they ice definitely had the Pizza the Hut. Full yeah. service situation in addition to your regular, um, you know, popcorn and candy and snacks like that. So uh, I will say they they did a really good job, even though it's not my regular theater. I liked it. Nice. Pizza Hut is the worst pizza ever made. <laughs> wow. Well, Josh, you, you've right. never had Domino's before. You oh okay, you guys are killing me. Domino's is Domino's is also garbage, but it's better than Pizza Hut. It is better than Pizza Hut. Um, wow, I'm shocked. I'm I'm flabbergasted. This is not a pizza podcast, I guess, but I am flabbergasted. It is now. Oh, oh. <laughs> pizza the Hut. It's on. Let's go, pizza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We're just switching gears. Sorry, guys. Uh, no, I, I definitely uh, I could talk pizza with you guys uh, at length. Well, I just uh, had Marcos for the first time in my life last week. How's really? That? Yeah, it was really. Amazing. So, I mean, as far as like chain delivery yeah, man. type pizza, it, it's top notch. Well, uh, if uh, I may, I may invite you to listen to the pizza episode from the No One Is oh, Listening I'm, podcast. I'm a step and, ahead of you. Yeah. Where we uh, where we <laughs> talk about Marcos. Yeah, we talk about Marcos being our favorite big chain. Um, but anyway, this guys, is not. <laughs> you guys took a bit of a high and mighty stance on frozen pizza. I'll eat a frozen pizza. That's probably the worst. Oh hell, dude. We. Uh, yeah, we're we're recording season two, and we will definitely address frozen pizza on one of these episodes. We will have a frozen pizza throwdown uh, coming up on season two. So, all right, pizza uh, friends, here we go. Hey, we need to do pizza. Oh, I, sorry, I, I, I could probably <laughs> we could probably do a pizza podcast just exclusively. But uh, all right, we'll, we'll save that for the when we start our Patreon. We'll have yeah, that's oh, yeah, the, for the subscribers <laughs> only. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, I love it. Well, um, Kyle, do you have anything else that you added to your collection this week? Uh, no, I think that was about it. I have Star Wars stuff everywhere, but I think you guys know about the <laughs> right, rest of it. Right. Yeah. Um, I got the rest of them. I get so I got the rest of my 
pin pre-orders from before. I got my Fulcrum Dawn stuff. Um, I got this really sweet Boba Fett tribute to the Hunter pin from Every Good Merch. Um, I haven't posted it yet because I was waiting to Ooh. post it after this episode. But it okay. is it's one of the nicest pins I've ever bought. Really? It's like super Super crispy. Um, I got a Mando Baby Yoda shirt from Once Upon a Tea. Okay. Uh, and it's very like it's him walking with like Baby Yoda floating in his little crib orb. And it's it's like straight Lone Wolf and Cub t-shirt okay. basically. Okay. Um, I got the Mall Skull shirt from uh, Zero Foxtrot uh, that we had been talking about in the group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, just sweet. And then I also got, and these are all presents from Tab. So Tab Tab does get me Star Wars stuff, but Ooh. she knows she knows what I like, so it's okay. Um, Inside track to the good yeah. stuff. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. And then I I also, the, the last thing is I got that uh, Ahsoka print by da- Danny Haas, that, the autographed one from her universe. Oh, um, and I stuff. totally forgot I was getting it, and she framed it for me too, and I oh, forgot that I actually signed it. So I opened it, and I was like... <gasps> And then I was, and I saw the signature. Like it was, it was yeah. So it was, well, it was awesome. Way to go, Tab. Good way job, to go, Tab. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. That's sweet. I. Uh, it's crazy. I. You know, you were talking about all that. You know, all those different things. I ended up getting my 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 fiance. I got her a whole bunch of Star Wars stuff for Christmas unintentionally. Uh, Josh, you play an inspiration on that because you uh, you definitely have your hands in on all the different makers and you turn me on to different uh, people. But uh, one of the things that we've never talked about in the show that I got her was the Baby Yoda pop sockets. So pop sockets are these little things you put on the back of your phone. Um, we both have one. I have a Galaxy of Heroes one that they gave me at the booth at Celebration, but I, I actually got my own Mandalorian pop socket. I got her the Baby Yoda and the little egg and uh just like that shirt just like that that you know the once upon a amando baby yoda lone wolf type thing pop sockets actually has a design very similar to that so i'm going to throw that on my phone this week um i definitely encourage anyone in in the market to look for a new pop socket just go to their website man i couldn't believe how affordable they were it was like pretty inexpensive uh so that's pretty wild well these are good this is good stuff guys i think uh we got a yeah, man. Got a lot of good stuff. So we'll try to get those posted uh, online. I want to see that Boba Fett pin, though. I want to see that <laughs> one that you were talking about. So, I'll, all right. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll send it to you separately, too. All right. Good, good, <laughs> or good. Or in the chat, I mean. Good, good. All right. I, so I did get my Bo-Katan pin, too. Did I show you guys that yet? I think it's this is the same oh, one that you guys. Oh, giant one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Dude, I oh, want They called that. this a, a B grade, or a, and I tell you, I can't tell you what the flaw is. I, it looks perfectly, it looks oh, good hey, to me. Oh, so. hey, so let's, get, let's give her a plug real quick, too, by the way. So um, Tano Alive Pins, they, she actually just posted a thing. She has another huge character, Rebels character pin, and it's Sabine with her helmet off and she's got the dark saber. She's like oh, in a yeah. fighting stance with the dark saber. And, um, she's looking to do a pre-order or to do, Oh boy. <laughs> she's Wait, looking I to get so excited. Like, do you mean oh, this you one have, right yeah. here? Yeah. So <laughs> like, yeah. They're trying to do a yeah, pre-order uh, for a reprint, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, nice. Exactly. So, um, if you guys are listening and that sounds cool to you, go check out, uh, Tano alive pins and let her know that you'll pre-order one. I'm actually so going to go do that right now if you're into peer pressure. So go. Yeah. And also the Obi-Wan uh, Clone Commander one. So that get on that sick. one as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that one's super sick. I, I got so excited you were saying that, Josh, because I love this pin so much I knocked over my microphone. So sorry, listeners. <laughs> I, uh, I had to go grab that pin as he was talking about it. Um, but I missed um, 
Uh, I missed out on that one, Kyle. I missed out on the pen that you just picked up because they had a couple more flawed pieces, and yeah. I went to go order them, and they were sold out. So I was pretty bummed. I don't have that one uh, from Tom. If anybody Tomo. is worried about getting the what they call the flawed or the B grade or the C grade, or I'd say go for it. You know what I mean? I've never gotten one and been oh, disappointed. Yeah. No, this one this one was definitely a flawed um, Sabine Wren, and it looks beautiful. Um, so speaking of Mandalorians and Darksabers, because the Darksaber is prominently featured Six in this segue. pen here, um, we, uh, we're going to spend a couple minutes here talking about the, the season finale. We want to wait till, till we get Justin and Vic on to really break down Chapter 8 and the whole season in general, because obviously we've, we've covered every episode of this, of this season so far. Um, but we kind of want to dive into some Rise of Skywalker. But before then, let's talk about Chapter 8, the finale of The Mandalorian. So chapter eight, the finale was called Redemption. And I kind of got, I kind of got, I got where they were going with this. I mean, after the cold open, we got to see our buddy IG-11 do what he does best, which is protect and destroy. Um, and I kind of got the, I kind of got where they were going to go here with, with Redemption because, you know, we saw... We saw the Mandalorian's distrust of droids, of IG-11 specifically, and um, where IG-11 was first going to kill Baby Yoda in Episode 1, he then saves uh, everyone. Not only Baby Yoda, but saves everyone by sacrificing himself at the uh, the tail end of this episode. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, spoiler heavy. Weird if you haven't seen it, if you listen to our <laughs> podcast and you haven't seen this yet. But uh, we're just going to talk openly here um, about this. Can I just before we get started? I want to let since this is the last Mandalorian episode, at least for probably a little over a little under a year. I want to let everybody in behind the curtain for a second and just every t- every time we've recorded something about the Mandalorian, we play a little bit of that theme first, and everyone on the episode is vibing, bobbing their head to the music every time we play it, and it cracks me up. And I just I wanted I wanted the listeners to know that we're all so into this that we're like oh, yeah. hear the theme we're like ready to da- like ready to dance it's hilarious. I don't I wasn't even looking at the screen but I definitely was yeah <laughs> no I definitely I love it man it's uh, every it's time so every episode every time we've played it everyone's like bobbing their heads like <laughs> I love it oh, it's, it's like the Rocky theme you're I, I've never boxed anyone in my life and I'm yeah. ready to box when I it's hear that so good <laughs> it's so good um so this episode guys I think it tied up a lot of loose ends. It did not end on the cliffhanger we thought it would, um, which yeah. was the you know baby Yoda being in the possession of someone evil. Um, so I think here it not only delivered uh, a satisfying ending, but it also did give us a, a, a kind of a roadmap to where season two is going to go. It didn't give us a negative ending. I don't think people are upset with this ending at all. Um, I think that this ending was more universally loved than uh, than the Rise of Skywalker ending or Last Jedi for that matter or wherever you know. Um, it's definitely not a divisive ending. So whether or not um, I don't know, I don't know whether whether or not your feelings are uh, you loved it, you didn't like it. What I want to kind of dive into um, this, but really it starts with John Favreau and Dave Filoni. 
I mean, those guys crafted this uh, this whole series, not only just chapter eight, but the whole series to lead up to this moment. And then we were all rewarded with a fantastic uh, episode. You know, Taika Waititi directed this episode, and I thought he did a great job. And mm-hmm. of course, it is totally a Taika Waititi episode with that opening segment of the stormtroopers just kicking it on the on the speeder bikes. Just, dude, that was classic Taika Waititi humor. Um, it kind of was. It was very meta, uh, but it was um, it was just enough to like. You don't have to know all the behind the scenes stuff to really appreciate that scene. I uh, love that. It was so good. Right away, uh, my fiance goes, "Wait, is that Jason Sudeikis?" Like right away. Like she knew I didn't. I couldn't didn't pick up on that at all. Um, but she knew it. It was just a really great episode, guys. I am so happy. My big takeaway, and I don't, once again, we're going to spend a whole episode talking about this. Um, my big takeaway was this is that the gang's all back together. We got IG 11, we got Cara Dune, we got Grief Cargo, we got uh, the Mandalorian, Din Jaren, uh, who we got the big name reveal, we got the face reveal, um, but really we got the whole gang together. Can, so that's, I, can I say something about that? Hell yes. The face Let's reveal. How bold. Of Disney and Lucasfilm to hire a man as handsome as Pedro Pascal, <laughs> leave his face covered for the entire season, and when they finally do show it, he's like snotty and bloody and sweaty and disgusting. I, yeah. I mean, bravo. Yeah. And bravo. No he still looks better than all of us. I, I know, exactly. That's true. That's true. No fanfare, though. What I loved about it, it was it was just another moment on the show. You know, it's just the droid just lifted his helmet up right away. There wasn't a big, like, slow momentum buildup. There wasn't any big music. It just happened. And then they just sprayed him, and then that was cut scene. That was it. And it was like, oh, that was really well done. You know, I, I think, in my opinion. I thought both the reveal of his name and of the helmet were perfect because they figured out a way to show the audience his face without showing without him breaking his creed while it also was part of this like him trust learning to trust IG11 moment and then the the name like I heard we heard in you know in what like articles or whatever that they are had already interview released his name did. I think Pedro said it in an interview or something yeah and like it kind of takes away from his mystery, but I, I like this idea of like Gideon was part of like the architect or at least very much involved in the purge. And so that's why he knows his name. Um, I thought that was a cool way to, to reveal that too. So yeah, they were able to reveal things without taking away any of his mystique, I think. Yeah, and and with the name reveal, you know, I kind of stay away from spoilers. So I did see someone post a headline: "Oh, Pedro Pascal releases the name of the Mandalorian," and I was like, "Nope." So I actually didn't even know his name until that episode was released. Um, so it was a it was a nice surprise for me. Uh, but yeah, just very matter of factly, just just to the point. Boom, boom, boom. They 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 had so much exposition they had to get through, and they didn't spend a lot of time on it. I loved it. Yeah, I I actually saw the little clip of that actual interview um, with Pedro where he said that he was like, and it was just a, I I think maybe he had never been counseled on that before or something. Nobody ever said not to say, cause it it was just a flippant off the, like it wasn't even the answer to the question. It was like, yeah, I'm the Mandalorian and my name is Din Djarin and just like, it was in the middle of a sentence pretty much. And like, I think they tried to scrub it a little bit after that, but, but like you both said, I think in the, sh- in the context of the show, it all worked very naturally and it, it, it added to his character. It didn't detract anything from what they've been building up and, 
and uh, you know who he is and how seriously he takes you know his his role as a Mandalorian. You know, right? I don't think him saying the name like the name doesn't revealing the name doesn't take away from anything. It's not like if during this last little bit like Daisy Ridley was like I'm Ray Skywalker. I'm a, 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 like it's just a generic yeah. like Star Wars name. It's not like he was like. You know, Bob, Bob Fett or something. Oh, my last name is like it's not yeah. you know, like it's right. not a name that is connected Fett. to anything else. Yeah. Right. No. So, so do you guys do you guys nerd out about these type of things? So when they when they released his name, I was like, oh, I cannot wait to get the Black Series figure listed as Din Djarin, and he's got his signet on his you know on his pauldron, and I was like, I can't wait for this because I'm telling you, dude. I, the first thing that I see with Ray Skywalker on it, I am buying. I am totally buying, whether it's a black series or a T-shirt or anything. Um, I'm just one of those nerds that like, oh, Din Jaren? Yes, I have to get that figure now. Totally. Yeah, I think definitely yes. I When they put that signet on, that was one of the first things I thought of. And I was like, oh, man, I need a, a pin or a T-shirt or yeah. a figure or a something yeah. with that new pauldron on it like that. And and the same thing with the Ray Skywalker is when she said that I was like, okay, now I, I need one with that name on it. And I'll, I'll, to me, I'm also just like, I really nerd out on the information and sure, I just want to sure. know like as much about everything that I can, like whether that's the nature of the force or the, the characters and their backstories and stuff like that. So when, throughout this episode specifically, there was a bunch of that stuff where I'm like, oh, well they confirmed that. Oh, well that means that, oh, well that, right. you know, and. Uh, that's one of my favorite things in Star Wars. I'm with you. Lore, information, world building is always my my yeah. favorite stuff. And like you said, this episode. And in addition to when we get new information, I want the figure. But also when we see new versions of things, even if it's mm-hmm. minuscule. So I'm like, oh, I hope they release the IG-11 Black Series with the Baby Yoda backpack. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, like, right I don't think the other will, one. That would yeah. be sweet. Hell yeah. Oh, they'd, I, uh, be, they'd be silly not to. I mean... Oh, they have to. It would fly off the shelf. Yeah. No, they have to. This Hasbro has to take advantage of this because this is so incredibly loved by everybody. Because, spoiler alert, the ship has sailed. He's gone now. So... Yeah, that's true. Cash in while you can. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, you know, you're talking about learning more. You want to learn more, learn more, learn more. Always. Um, I want want an announcement this week that they're going to come up with a uh, visual dictionary of The Mandalorian or uh, art of The Mandalorian Season 1. Yeah, I think this is the week to do it. I think that they they should release it this week if they have it. I don't know if they have it. This is like – this is uncharted territory. I mean it took – it took five seasons of the Clone Wars to get an art of Clone Wars book, and then Rebels were still waiting for it. You know that that's going to get delivered this spring. Um, so really, who knows if these things are ever going to come out? But as far as like you guys want to learn information, so do I. I I'm waiting for these announcements to come out as far as like visual guides or whatever. The is, speaking of information, the other thing that is that is really exciting with this, especially with this series, is is that and and with the new movie is we're seeing more and more things that were either legends and not canon again yet become canon because they show up in the episode like the uh, Incinerator Trooper or things yes. that are yes. canon but have only existed in the 
uh, animated realm like Death Watch, like we saw. Yeah, we that was saw incredible. Like, so every every time we see or the or the dark saber, like what anytime yes. I was trying to impart to Tab how important like yeah. things becoming different levels of can- either becoming canon from Legends or becoming live action from animated, like how important that is to us as fans and how big that is, even yes. though it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Can I ask you a quick question? So you said death watch. And when I watched that scene, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they showed his shoulder. That's exactly what I thought too. Um, and I saw people online saying, well, this confirms that he was rescued by somebody from clan Vizsla. And that's not exactly what I understood that logo to meant. So what what, can anybody clarify that? I thought it meant death watch. I thought that's what they all had when they were members of death watch. It is. And Josh, you might be able to correct me. Uh, death watch is led by clan Vizsla. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, but I you can be in Death Watch without being a member of Clan Vizsla, right? Uh, no, I think you have to. I think you pledge to the clan. I think you. I think it's all part of. Um, I think it's all part of that, and that's and that's something that we can dive Isn't into. That, that's a good question. Because I think, think Bo Katan was. Um, she was House Cries or Cree Craze or whatever, and yeah. but she was a member of the Night Owls or whatever, and I, I think that's like their. It's like their crew, their group of people, and they are from different clans, which is more like family names. But maybe I'm misunderstanding that. That's why I asked. Yeah, I don't. I'm not um, sure. Yeah, I, that's something that we'll have to look into. I thought that it, it was Death Watch was under um, the Vizsla clan, and you have to pledge to them. But I mean, I, I could be totally wrong because then Maul eventually takes over. So you know, that's the other part is. When does this happen? Was, you know, when when Death Watch when they rescued him, what era of history did that? You know, was that thirty years? Was it maybe forty years? Was Maul the leader of Death Watch during that time? Well, it seems like it was definitely during the Clone Wars at some point, right? Because yeah, because the, the battle droids. Destroyed. Yeah. So that's going to be an interesting thing. So, okay, we have our first really good question to do in the Hardcore Breakdown show. Um, so let's just make sure we don't forget that. I like that. Bone up on my uh, Mandalorians in the Clone Wars and Rebels. Do a little Wars, research. Get to the bottom of that. Yeah, hey, let's call up Dave and uh, get Dave Filoni on the old uh, <laughs> the old podcast here. So uh, with that, um, you know, there are a couple other things real quick. I think it's all universally agreed that the Baby Yoda um, moment with Grief Karga might have been the best Baby Yoda moment of the of the episode. Do the little what what it was the uh, do the magic hand thing, baby, right? Yeah. Oh my Something god, like that. so good! Um, another quick shout out before we move on to the next one. I love the gondola, the lava gondola droid. I oh loved when God. she popped that little, uh, it looked like it was a regular astromech, right? And then yes. it kind of stood up into that. Uh, they had a name for it, a fairy droid or yeah, something droid. like that. Um, that was super cool. I liked it. Have, have you guys, Did I mean, A, have you ever seen anything like that? And then B, like, was that was that a really cool reveal or what? Because I never would have expected that. I've never seen anything like that. I've never seen an astromech with arms and legs. It reminded me of that... Um, in the episode where they went to the farming village and protected it yeah. from oh, the, yeah. the at at that um, Josh keeps calling an ATAT. Um, well, that was an not- ATST. But good job. <laughs> oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Scout, scout transport. Um, <laughs> I uh, 
it, it reminded me of that just because it was like a unique specific thing that I, that it seems like they created for this show. Not because yeah. they're actually like physically similar in any way, but um, I like that. Like, well, we need a droid to do this one exact job. So it looked to me like it was, they took an astromech and they were like, let's modify it to do this one specific thing we need to do. It makes sense. Like I really yeah. liked it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, makes sense. It was a cool looking droid. Um, what are some other w- real quick takeaways from this episode? Because I want to dive into the Rise of Skywalker, uh, Kyle's reaction here. But what else did you guys like about this episode? Confirmation that it's a creed, not a people. Okay. That was nice. Yeah. Especially Good. since we've talked about it so much. I, I, as soon as I heard her say that, I was like, oh, I'm taking that to the show. Yeah, yeah we took go. kind of a hard stance on that, so I'm glad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I uh, I loved that scene with the armorer when oh, she. Oh uh, yes. He, I think yes. she, and we can get into this when we do like a full season recap. She stood out to me as like kind of the glue that pulled the whole season together. She uh, every scene she was in was like the best scene of the episode to me. Agreed. Uh, she was some of the best stuff of this whole season. So um, Very powerful character. Oh yeah, yes. so much. She she was like a she's a priest priestess yeah. basically yeah. to the yeah. Mandalorians, I would say, but, um, that whole part was great. She gave him a jetpack, which was a great reveal. I didn't know if we were going to get that this season or the not rising Phoenix. I yeah. loved that. And the yeah. whole, you know, there, we know there's a lot more going on. Apparently you get trained in a jetpack If you're a Mandalorian, when you're a child, uh, he's got some kind of drills, he's got an, uh, it's not going to fully respond to him until they get to know each other, which is like a very mystical kind Crazy. of like fantasy type thing that you wouldn't expect from such a mechanical. So I thought that was so cool. And then uh, of course, at the very end when they, they try to try to get her to go with them and she doesn't, of course, and the, the stormtroopers come in and she just whoops their ass with like, yes. a hammer and yes. it's so cool crushes their, their armor with her like forging tools I thought that was so great. It really was. And it's interesting you brought up the jetpack thing. And and just because it was you bringing that up, I'm going to lay this out at you. Here we go. Um, So... I would think we're going to see season two. He's going to try those drills. So he becomes one with the jetpack. Do you think that that is the reason why Boba Fett was such a, a dork in return of the Jedi and couldn't figure out his jetpack? Cause he never he did never the drills, the, the Phoenix something. I don't remember exactly what she in said. The rising yeah. Phoenix. He yeah. Not trained in the rising Phoenix. Clearly. No, Boba Fett was a, a wall. amateur. What an <laughs> well, amateur. He's not a real Mandalorian. So <laughs> stupid. I'm so mad. It's true. It's well, pretty- clearly, I think that kind of explains why. I mean, that I told you, he just he he may have gotten a Mandalorian jetpack, but the the dude never did his little drills. So, um, yeah, no Boba Fett reveal in this one. I'm not disappointed because we got the biggest reveal at the tail end of the show. Who wants to drop it out there? Well, I was going to start with. I'm I'm glad we got to Moff Gideon finally. I know he kind of showed up in the last episode, but this is the first time we really interacted with him, and they like. They went to great lengths from the cold open to just talk about how ruthless and yeah, basically yeah. horrible this guy is. He's killing his own troops. He he killed an officer, so like a high-ranking uh, member of the military, just for interrupting him. Uh, he was this major part of the purge. Um, he blew up, you know, everything. He's just walking through yeah. the middle of this firefight, very like Gustavo Fring with like, he's unflappable. <laughs> Hell yeah. He was a very, he, he had that Vader outfit on too. There's no way that, you know, you don't get, I know it's kind of a tie pilot type thing, but with his cape and the, 
the the blue and white and red chest piece. You gorgeous, know, he had a gorgeous, very outfit. Vader look going uh, with you know obviously without the helmet, but it was um, I I really 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 liked him, and uh, I I think it, it's panning out, and this is something we've talked about in our predictions earlier um, that he's sort of the big bad of the series, at least for now. And he is who was kind of pulling the strings of Werner Herzog and uh, who ultimately is going to be, you know, the counterpoint for, for the Mandalorian and and baby Yoda and and that whole plot line. What a great way to show that he survived too. Just like, (laughs) yeah, I know. I know. It, it, It so the he's talking about at the very end the tie crashes of course um, after the Mandalorian uses the jetpack and and uh, uh, you know crashes it by cutting cutting into the wing I think basically and and uh, it's down and I, I think I suspected that he survived I think probably a lot of people yeah. suspected that he survived but what you did not suspect is for the tip of a saber to come through and then Hell you no. end up clearly seeing that it is. Uh, the dark saber, and if you know from Clone Wars or Rebels that yep. that is developed by um, an ancient Mandalorian who was, I believe, a member of the Jedi Order, right? Or yes, and yeah. uh, then traditionally, the wielder of the dark saber is the ruler of Mandalore. Um, and then the last piece, I, I know I'm getting long winded here. This is the last thing I got. The last time we saw it chronologically. Um, was Sabine Wren who used it to kind of unite Mandalore, passed it on to Bo-Katan because she didn't want to be the ruler of Mandalore and she felt like Bo-Katan was the right person for it and we all agree, of course. Um, So, what does that mean for the fate of Bo-Katan who was the last person to wield that Darksaber that now is owned by Moff Gideon? So I want to touch on that in the uh, that's not how the force works segment because I have a little intel on that. Um, I will intel. I will say that I was watching this episode from my MacBook, uh, like I mentioned, in a hotel room, and when that dark saber tip came through the screen, my brain like exploded in a million pieces because I was like, "Wait, is my screen? No! Oh my god, it's the dark!" Sa-. Like I seriously had one of those moments. I was like, "What, <laughs> dude? I seriously thought there was something wrong with my screen," and I was like, "Why does that? Oh my god!" Um, it took me about a half second <clears throat> to have like rapid fire processing, and I got so geeked out. And my fiance is like. You know, she's just she's on season three and a half of um, Rebels, so she just saw the dark saber. You know, she just saw it. Um, she has not seen Clone Wars, and I'm sitting here like, dude, this is like next level. Like this whole introduction of the dark saber is next level for the storytelling, for where it's going to go next year. Um, I cannot freaking wait. What a great, great. Well, not ending. to not to jump series, but in theory, we should be seeing the dark saber. Um, in a couple months with that last episode of Clone Wars because fully Darth Maul that. should have it when Ahsoka shows up to whoop his ass. Right. I fully expect that. So the Darksaber is going to be a big thing um, in Star Wars going forward for the casual fans. Now it's like now it's out there. Yeah, hopefully since it's out and it's become film canon, we'll get some good uh, recreations of it because I guess like a lot of the props that I've seen um, and the toy that they have aren't aren't great, but it'd be it'd be cool to be able to buy a, like a realistic uh, dark saber for like a cosplay. 
Uh, I saw a really, really good machined metal one at, um, at celebration. Somebody who was waiting in line next to me, Justin and I, uh, had one, I got, I got a picture with it. I'll send it to you, but it was awesome. I've never seen one being like mass produced though. That's cool. Um, so I did, um, I just wanted to say I was dumb and got on Twitter before I watched it and I saw hashtag darps, dark saber. Don't do that. Don't do that, Josh. And of course that's not referencing anything like, you know, a lot of times hashtags aren't super specific. They're like hashtag Mandalorian hashtag baby Yoda or something, but for sure. so I had my I had my like mark out moment there. I was like super excited, but then of course, obviously, when they had the reveal, like as soon as I saw, like oh, some sort of like bladed weapon is coming through the yeah. cockpit. I was like, okay, it's the dark saber because you know we're almost at the end of the episode here, and <laughs> you know, yeah, dude, but, but that totally ruins it. Uh, I know uh, that is a specific hashtag. Um, that would definitely be bumming me out. I I'm totally on blackout mode before I watch Mandalorian. I uh, I actually ran out to a coffee shop before we watched the episode. Did not look at my phone once, and I was like, okay, I'm back. I'm ready to do this. That's so, um, so uh, I have to. I'm uh, I, I'm a I'm a I'm a spoiler free baby. You know, I gotta I gotta keep that going. Before um, we move on I, from Moff Gideon, I've got one more question about him. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And I, I think you guys, maybe one of you will know this, but um, they said Moff Gideon was an ISB officer during the purge. What's an ISB officer? I know I've heard that before, but Imperial so just, Security Bureau. There yeah, we go. Yeah. So, so like the CIA or yeah, just yeah. like someone that has like crazy intelligence. Um, so that was actually really insane that they put that into a Star Wars live action show because that's just mainly from. I mean, that's like legends and of definitely novels. If you read the novels, it's um, yeah, that's like a written word thing. That's I've never seen that in a movie or show before. But exactly. I think um, they actually did mention um, they did mention I, that Colonel Ularen. And I, and I have to just double check. I have to rewatch yeah. the episode. Ularen is ISB. Yeah, I think they actually talked about it in the Clone Wars cartoons, though. Um, oh really? And I think yeah, Rebels. I think uh, even in Re- Rebels, Rebels, yeah, Rebels, Rebels. Um, there wouldn't be ISB. He wouldn't be IS. He was an admiral in the right. Republic. No, you're right. In Clone you're, Wars. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was getting my. I was trying to like really go back in my memory banks there, and I was like, oh yeah, I think they did mention that once on the cartoons. So first time for a live action. That's badass. That's deep. So that's deep. If you're gonna rank. If you're gonna rank like who you should be afraid of in the Empire, right? Emperor. Mm-hmm. Vader, and I guess Inquisitors. I wasn't really thinking about them. And then ISB. Like ISB is the scariest people in, and the the most dangerous people in the Empire that aren't Force users. Basically, they're like Pretty black much. ops guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. They got enough knowledge to kill you. It's crazy, dude. Um, so that was fun. That was a fun reveal. Anything else you guys want to add uh, before we jump onto the Rise of Skywalker reaction? Last couple things I had, um, uh, Josh touched on, you know, the Mandalorian is a, isn't a race, it's a creed. I love that. Um, they're, they confirmed that they're going to go out searching for Baby Yoda's people, so it's his responsibility to return him to uh, his, his people or um, yes. take care of him until yes. he's old enough to train, which I don't, I don't anticipate father. that he'll have him until he's old enough to train him as a Mandalorian, but... Um, you know, it is on the table there. Right. Uh, it's something we've talked about. 
Um, we finally saw the payoff shot in the flashback where he gets rescued by the Mando, and I think he's yes. a member of Death Watch, which doesn't necessarily mean Clan Vizsla, but we're going to look into that. Uh, I, thought I looked Bactus it up. Brain, it's you not. Did, yeah. But, I did. I did look it up. It's not. It's, you don't have to be in Clan Vizsla because Bo-Katan wasn't. And actually, the original. It's like a splinter the, cell. Yeah, there was another leader who, um, like a, a, some sort of. There was a politician who was also involved who wasn't part of Clan Vizsla before oh, okay. it turned into Moth and or Maul and other people. So. Not true. Okay. Well, I'm gonna do my. For- I'm gonna do my research on that one. Um, I, I thought the- my research. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna. <laughs> no, I love it. Me. I love it. Uh, I liked the back to spray. It, Did anybody uh, think yes. the back to spray was cool? I, yes. I never yes. so cool. seen that before, but it was so cool. It's a cool little thing. Um, and the flame trooper. I'm not really into stormtroopers like a lot of people are. I know that's like a huge thing for some people. To me, it's just like kind of meh. But I thought the flame trooper was so cool. It made him look awesome and yes. scary and yes. imposing, and uh, it was great. And the way Baby Yoda held back the flame, it it looked exactly. Um, like Kanan holding back the explosion yes, thank from the you. ghost crew. Thank it was you. beautiful. Thank I, you. I thought the same thing, dude. I, I, was, I sat there and I thought the same exact thing. It was very Kanan-esque. Um, Taika Waititi gave us some beautiful shots in this yes. in this episode. That was one of them. Um, there was a lot of great things, but you hit on the setup for season two. The armor kind of laid that out. Um, so I'm excited to see where season two goes because my brain automatically, I'm like, oh, we're going to be world jumping and we're going to be exploring the galaxy at large to try to find uh, you know, this species home. Oh my God. I think we're going to be in for a treat next, uh, next season. So I cannot wait, Josh, anything from, from you, any last my, minute, uh, touches? My one, yeah. My one last quick thing was that I was glad that the two troopers that kept hitting baby Yoda didn't just get shot. They got like bludgeoned. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah totally, completely murked by IG 11. I was like, I was glad that he didn't just shoot them, that it was like smashing their heads. And oh, yeah. was, so you don't do that to our baby. <laughs> Whooped them. Whooped them. So many times too. They kept doing it. Oh. Yeah. Well, they're assholes. You know, they're the they're the they're the tail end of the empire. So all right. Well, we, we're all in agreement. We're all happy with this. We're all happy with the uh the final episode of The Mandalorian. We're happy with season one. Is that a is that a theme here? Are we cool with it? Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. Good Star Wars. Good shit. All right. Now we're going to move on to the divisive stuff. So (laughs) with that, um, we've already done one uh, Rise of Skywalker recap show, and it would, you know, it wouldn't be fair if that was the only one. I want to do multiple Rise of Skywalker recap shows just to get all the different points of view, all the different conversations going. And as I kind of alluded to in the prior episode, Kyle had some different thoughts from the rest of us. Um, I was surprised after after recording that episode how many thoughts that I didn't know that I had, um, you know, and kind of because I still love the movie. I still absolutely love it, but I was shocked um, with that. So with all of that, let's dive into uh, Kyle's reaction to the rise of Skywalker. It's a little bit of fanfare there for you, Kyle. I I was about to say, who talks first? Do I talk? Do you talk? Are you going to (laughs) talk? So we've already kind of laid out all of our points. Josh and I had a a field day with this. Um, You know, I I have only seen it two times yet. I was fully expecting to see it a third time, but we saw uh, Uncut Gems instead. Josh, have you seen it any other time since uh, our last show? 
No, just the third time I saw it on Monday. So. Oh, so you did see it three times, though? Well, no, okay. I had already seen it three times when we recorded. Oh, oh, wow. Because okay. I kept rubbing it in your face. No, that's right. That's <laughs> right. So, Kyle, you, you mentioned already earlier that you've done two showings. By yeah, I went back for my second viewing um, just yesterday, which was Friday. Um, we're recording on Saturday, obviously. Uh, I, and I, of course, saw it on opening night at 6 p.m. I bought those tickets back in October, whenever yeah. they went on sale, you know. So I had a question for the guys, because um, this was a, a part of the conversation I had at the Rebel Force Radio live event with the, the listeners out there. Did you feel that you're showing yesterday that the pacing was slower? And did you allow yourself to enjoy some moments that maybe flash by the first viewing because you were just so ramped up and excited uh, to see a Star Wars? I will say the first time I watched it, I found the pacing. It was moving way too fast. I, I it, it was problematic for me. Uh, I, I did soften on the whole thing. The second viewing, I think I... I was so 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 disappointed, and I, I don't I don't feel like mad about Star Wars or or uh, I, I don't know another way to say it, but I just felt kind of sad because it is so important to me, and I I really didn't care for it. But um, I think some of the things on the second viewing did work a little better. I think the pacing was easier to follow because I knew what was happening already. Um, I don't think that's necessarily a positive for the filmmaking. You know, I think you probably should be able to fully enjoy something on the first viewing, but I think it was a little easier to take in the second time. Yeah. And I'm excited to watch it a third time. Um, and I'm sure I'll see it in the next week or two, but I want to see if it even slows down more for me on the third time. Now I, I did not have an issue with the pacing. I thought it was exactly how it should have been to try to fit all of that into, uh, one movie, one ending. You had to go, you know, faster and more intense as I, as I laid out in the last episodes, that's the George Lucas way, faster, more intense, faster, more intense. So I wasn't necessarily, taken aback by it, but I could totally respect that some people were just like, yo, pump the brakes. Like, this is crazy. I talked to my family who are not Star Wars fans on Christmas Eve, and they all said the same thing. They're like, yeah, it was a little, a little fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Breakneck. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, I think I also felt like there was a lot of things that being the ninth movie in a 40 year saga, there's inherently a lot of things that have to kind of come to a conclusion. So I don't understand why they still introduce so many more new characters and new ideas that took more time and more. I, I, I think that was part of the pacing problem for me too. Um, when we should have been zeroing in on things and bringing it all together, it was still kind of sprawling and there was still, we're still learning new things instead of concluding old things. And uh, there was just a lot going on for me. Yeah, there is. And, and one thing that we, that we broke down on the last show too, was um, we started nitpicking a little bit, which is something I don't necessarily like to do because it does kind of like, this is a sci-fi fantasy myth. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's some shit that just isn't going to make sense sometimes. Like, you know, especially without some background or some exposition to kind of, to help you yeah. get through that. And a lot of what I'm seeing online um, are people complaining because they're nitpicking. They're just, they're nitpicking the, 
the whole movie and, and small parts and small moments and things like that. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, I don't want to do that. Like, cause I can sit there and fucking, Oh, excuse me. Sorry. I should drop <laughs> the uh, little thing. Uh, but I, sh- I can nitpick every single star Wars, but that's, like that's not Star Wars to me. I just want to enjoy it, you know, and, and think about the fantasy element of a lot of those things. Um, but we did talk about the Wayfinder and you know a lot of these MacGuffins that they had in the movie. So you know, with that, it's did you find yourself nitpicking, or you know, were your concerns more um, you know, like larger story? You know, obviously you just mentioned the new characters, and I kind of under I think I know where you're going to go with some of that conversation. But were you finding yourself nitpicking, or was it just more of a larger disappointment? I think it's a little bit of both, and and nitpicking. I think it's such a fine line because you're 100 percent right. I don't really think this is science fiction because uh, Star Wars doesn't make a huge effort to explain things from a scientific level. It's like a spiritual level. It's mm-hmm. a it's a fantasy story to me. Uh, so I don't think I try not to nitpick. And then, you know, I think sometimes it's possible that you just get slapped in the face with something that's like, well, come on, that just doesn't really make that much sense. And the biggest one I, and I, I don't even really consider this nitpicking because it just demands an explanation is where in the world did all those star destroyers come from? You know, <laughs> like not that I need to know like yeah. exactly the chain of custody, but like, the, the mining and the resources yeah. being diverted for big projects. This is like a major reoccurring storyline in Star Wars. And then we raise the largest fleet that has ever been raised. It's going to increase the First Order's might by 10,000 10, fold. 10, fold. Ten, fold. Quote, it's, you know, quote, I mean, 10,000 fold. Yeah, that moly, was a huge you, number. Where do just the raw material alone to produce that many? star destroyers, let alone the people demand that like that, that's mind boggling to me, you know, and there were a couple things like that, which I, I maybe is nitpicking, but I don't know. Well, no. So you're, I will tell you that one of the thoughts, I guess one of the nitpick thoughts align with that as far as I want to know who manned those star destroyers. Was it, was it the Sith acolytes? Was it the Sith army? Because if you, if you ever go back and read old Republic stuff, the Sith had this mighty massive on like unfathomable empire, um, of Sith followers, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm kind of curious if this is ever going to get explored. Um, part of me was like, wait, are half of these ships like just phantom, like, are they just like, you know, almost just projections of of what they are to, to intimidate or are they real ships? And you're right. If they are real ships, how did they get built? Um, was it the was it those Sith acolytes in the unknown regions? Because if you if you follow canon in Operation Cinder, the emperor didn't go out there with much. You know, I mean, had he had a you know had a considerable fleet, but not enough to stockpile ten thousand fold. You know, that that's crazy. And you know, they were talking, they alluded on Kajimi about how the first order was stealing children. Okay, that's the first order. Who who was powering the Sith army? You know, on Exegol or or wherever from beyond. So. No one knew about it. Was top secret the whole time. You know, it, it's I, I I think it just demands some kind of explanation that they didn't even attempt to brush off or say they would explain later or anything. It's know? a hell of a fleet. It's a hell of a fleet. I want to know. I want answers. That that was definitely one of my nitpicks too. I was just like you said, where did all this come from? And I know that the visual dictionary kind of explained how Sith troopers training is different than regular stormtroopers. Mm. Um 
And obviously there there must be some sort of like tie-in between the First Order and his secret fleet because they have like the new style armor, right? Like, I mean, it's different color, but it's not like the old Stormtrooper. Right. But so at being a person who has always been more into the supplemental content anyway, will, will you feel better about like if they say there's a, a huge like 400 page book about Palpatine's like secret rise that comes out next year and explains all of this stuff. Does that make you feel better about the movie or does, do you still, I'm, and I'm not, there's no judgment in that. I'm just, cause it'll make me feel a little bit better, but I still feel like right now, like where are we at? I think it'll make me feel better about the, the story and the state of star Wars as a whole, Mm -hmm. but I, it won't make me feel better for that movie in and of itself. You know what I mean? Because I like that kind of supplemental material to enhance the story. And to me, that is almost, that is making it almost requisite. You almost have to read it to even grasp the story, you know, at least on the level that I want to. And that, yeah. I, I recognize that some of that's a, a personal thing, but yeah. um, I think it would make me feel better. I don't know that it'll make me feel better about the movie as it stands as a piece of art in and of itself. You know? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Kyle, let's let's break it down, man. What what did you enjoy? Because we we all gave our likes and uh, some dislikes. Obviously, we can't recap the entire film. Sure. Um, but what are some of your likes, man? What did you enjoy about this film? Well, I listened to the podcast obviously that you guys did. Um, but, and I agree with what a lot of people were saying. I think C3PO was, um, a high point of the movie for me. I think both the character of C3PO and Anthony Daniels kind of deserved that send off. He in star Wars canon has existed for since Anakin Skywalker was a child, you know, this he's been through so much and he was finally given, um, he was part of the main plot, which doesn't happen a lot for C-3PO. He's kind of comic relief. He's there for exposition. He's he's very much a side character. He's there to quite literally translate for people who we don't understand, you know. So for him to actually be um, involved as a major plot device, and he was so funny and so effective in the oh, way, yeah. you know, he acted even without facial expressions, which is impressive anyway. Um, but he was a high point for me. I think almost every scene, um, he was in was great. They created a couple emotional moments when he, when he said goodbye to R2, you know, my last look at my friends, those things were, you know, even though I saw it in the trailer, that still really, you know, hit me hard. And, um, I, I, I think he was great throughout. Yeah, and and you know, seeing that in the trailer, we all speculated what that was going to mean. And it didn't mean anything to me in the trailer, but watching it in the context of the film was definitely an emotional moment for me. Um, and you're right, this was this was such a beautiful send off to that character. Uh, there was always those theories that this was going to wrap up with um, C-3PO narrating this story <laughs> to you know younglings or you know, whoever, yeah. but you know because he's lived through all of this, he's seen it all. Um, so it is kind of impressive uh, when you think about that in the context of the 40 plus year saga, the, the multiple generations of the Skywalkers that this one droid has been able to survive it all. And that's just, yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful way to send that off. Uh, it could be, this could be the journey of C3PO. If, if, I really from liked certain, it. 
from a certain point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads into one of the main points I wrote down for things I, I that bothered me. Oh. Um, and, you know, so they make this whole point of I would never let R2 back up my memory banks and he knows exactly what he's getting into and they all know exactly what he's getting into and and they make is there any other way they consider it and he makes this choice to sacrifice because if I don't this was all for nothing they have to have this information and it's this emotional moment and they they created it and it worked and then you know they get a couple gags out of oh Babu Frick you're my oldest friend and uh, who are you uh, we just met it's my first laser battle and that was funny and then you know not not five minutes later C3PO gets his all of his memory back you know and I think they just kind of undermined it not that I necessarily want C3PO to be memory wiped but you know it was something that happened a bunch of times in this movie you know she Chewie died and then he didn't. Even though we saw no transport, you know, Kylo died. I brought him back. C-3PO died. We brought him back. Ray died. We brought her back. Like the uh, Zori Bliss died. Well, no, she didn't. She somehow got off that planet with no explanation. Like it, it happened a bunch of times in that movie, and um, it, it seemed really contrived to me over and over and over and over and over and, and kind of cheap, you know, to create that emotional moment. And then just be like, oh, never mind. It was fine. Chewie's fine. Oh, never mind. C-3PO got his memories back. Oh, never mind. Zori Bliss gave you the thing and had no way off the planet, but she got off the planet. I don't, I, I, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I agree with you, but I'm going to nitpick two of the things that you said. <laughs> but remember, before I say this stuff, that I love you. <laughs> this is your spot to say I know. Um, Here we go. <laughs> so... I, on the first watching, I didn't see the second transport, but there t- were two on the ground when they were loading him up. Mm-hmm. And he You're doesn't say, wrong. I There's won't let. One. Oh, there is. There is. <laughs> there is. There is. It's and clear he, as day. He doesn't say um, that he wouldn't let R2 back up his memory. He said, they said, doesn't R2 back up your memory banks? And he said, are you kidding me? R2-D2's memory banks are notoriously unreliable. unreliable. And yep. then when he gives him his memories back... He says, oh, did you know I'm going on Ray's first adventure, which would have been from The Force Awakens. So he's like basically yeah. his memory is back, but he remembers nothing of the last like two years, right. which is actually kind of crazy and sad in itself. So like when he wakes back up, he doesn't know that Luke, Leia and Han are all. Yes, dead. yes. Agreed. Agreed. Which they didn't so. touch that, which but I was like, oh, wow, that, yeah, that's a dark thing that they didn't that they did, but didn't realize they did, I think. No, that's that's that a does- great point. Zero percent of anything to change my opinion about that. <laughs> no, well, well, yeah, but what you said from a story, from a story standpoint of the like, you're dead, you're not dead, you're dead, you're not like you're still you're still a hundred percent right on that. I, but you know, I was just I was like, okay, Wait a minute. Fair. yeah, maybe and, he lost a little bit of time there. Yeah, and I I didn't even while watching that I didn't even think about like that perspective like that would never cross my mind. I honestly didn't think much about Zori Bliss and what Zori Bliss's fate was going to be after Kojimi. Um, you well, know, she made as, that, they made that big deal. Here's this coin. It's so rare. You've never even seen one in person. It's the only way to get out. I can't get out. Why? But I'm going to give it to you because you need it. And I'm going to like do the right thing, even though we're kind of at odds. And, oh, I can't take it. But then you do take it. And so you know she's trapped there. That was the whole point of that scene. Then they blow up the planet. 
but then she wasn't trapped there with no explanation. Uh, I, she's I a think. spice runner, man. She's crafty. Get the hell out of there. She can find a way off the planet. If it's that easy, why'd she need the coin and why'd they make the big deal of it? It's cheap. I, I mean, it was. It's silly. I'm not. I'm not going that hardcore into it. But I. I. I you know, that's fine. Uh, the. But this. The. The Chewbacca death misdirect. That worked for me. That definitely it worked for me too. Yeah. And then they did it like four more times. And it yeah, didn't his work was the anymore. least cheap one I felt. And I, I get what you're saying. Like they, they created it for Zori. They like created a plot device for the yeah. movie. Man, and then, everyone's so hung up on this Zori Bliss thing. I, and I see this across the internet they too. Did it a bunch of times. I'm like, damn, man, Zori was not a big thing for me in this movie. But I do see a lot of people, not only yourself, Kyle, but a lot of people are, have this hang up on Zori Bliss. And I'm like, damn, man, like I forgot so much about this character. It wasn't like a. She wasn't a big thing for me at all. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying about the. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get the coin thing, but I just. Well, that it, wasn't, you know, in, it's not like that one thing is going to make or break my opinion on an entire movie, but that was one thing on a list of a bunch of things that I was like, well, why'd yeah. they do that? Well, that doesn't yeah. really make sense. Well, why'd they do that? You know? There just has to be more to the story that we're not seeing, and that's just part of where my brain goes as I'm filling in the gaps is that, oh, yeah, Zori doesn't trust Poe when he comes back, but really, you know, she might just be messing with him because they have a, a history or whatever. You know, we can't really read her emotions behind the mask. She could have had a smirk the whole time. Who knows, dude? Like, I wasn't, you know, that didn't. It didn't really shock me so much. There might have been some dialogue that was cut on the cutting room floor. Well, her whole planet got blown up, though, is my point. How'd she even get off the planet when she gave him her only way to leave? I, but I didn't read it like that. I didn't read that that disc was the only way that she can get off the planet. That disc was the only way that she can travel to other systems uh, that were maybe controlled by the First Order. Like That was a, that was a basically a data card that can get you access to anywhere in the entire galaxy, like in sight unseen almost. Like you just put the code in, you can get into any planet, any spaceport. Nobody will ever think differently. It wasn't necessarily to get off the planet. That wasn't how I read that scene. I read that scene like, yo, when I'm ready to retire, I can go hang out anywhere I want to and no one will ever know. Like that was the way I, I read that data disc. But, um, you know, once again, I, I clearly have seen that people definitely have an issue with that whole scene. Um, so it clearly did not work um, because of how much, you know, how much conversation was started from it. But let's switch gears, man. Did you like anything? <laughs> did you was there anything you liked? I liked um, Leia and her being um, training up Ray. And I think that there was a lot of people who didn't really care for that, but. Um, I think, well, I don't think I know, uh, in Jedi, Luke specifically said he was going to train Leia yes. and in, um, yes. the last Jedi, we saw Leia use the force. So there is 100% no reason for us to not believe that she wasn't trained by Luke, which was always my understanding before the Agreed. sequel trilogy ever came out. And then I felt like it was confirmed in episode eight. Um, so I love to see kind of the flashback of her training. I like to see her her mentoring um, Ray and and um, the little obstacle course that they never really completed. That was one of the pacing things right off the bat. They got into that, and I thought it was so cool. And then I felt like they cut away from it, and we never got to really finish it or anything like that. And I know that wasn't really the point, but um, that was right at the beginning of the movie, you know. Right. But 
uh, Leia being a Jedi and training Ray as a Jedi um, was something that I liked. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it was a great callback to Jedi, like you said. I thought it was a great callback to the EU because she becomes a Jedi Knight in the EU. Yep. And we see a lot of stuff in the later EU of her, like, you know, using her Jedi skills to do things. And um, and then I also thought it, it kind of – I know a lot of people were mad about um, the quote-unquote Mary Poppins in space moment from Last Jedi. And I feel like knowing that she's a Jedi – she's at least – she's – a Jedi Knight, or at least like on the cusp of being a Jedi Knight, because you said it was like the last night of her training or whatever. So that you know, yeah. you're one day away. You didn't maybe you didn't we'll, get the we'll count it. But you're there, yeah. right? Yeah, it she's at least Kane and so like, Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> knowing that she's there, you know, makes that like that Force moment that I feel like a lot of people didn't like from Last Jedi. It softens that some too, because okay, well here is the establishment of her. Okay, she was being trained. She does have mastery over the Force, so maybe she could do one of those things. And it makes more sense when you if you think like one of those where like a mom pulls a heavy thing off of her child, like in crisis. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Body yeah. pulls on the Force real hard, it, and she's able to get more, you know yeah. survive against. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I th- I th- I'm with you. I, I never that. I, I never that. questioned Leia's force abilities in the Last Jedi. That never crossed my mind. I think for me it was the execution of the scene, just the way. I mean, it had nothing to do with Star Wars magic. Like it really, I just didn't like that scene, um, and I just didn't like the way it was filmed. That's all. I mean, that was the only thing, and that was what I got from a lot of my friends too. Is that they no one none of my none of my friends were like oh. Like that doesn't make sense that Leia would be able to do that. I think I think everyone was in agreement that yeah, okay, that makes sense. She's a she's a Jedi. That oh, that power. See, I heard a lot of that. Yeah, oh, I, I, heard I read it. No, I was complaining with yeah. yeah. Oh, I read it. I read it online, but I don't talk with those YouTubers. So um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I talked to be gained from it. No, no. So that was the only thing I did. I did also find the fact, and I think the more I think about Leia being Ray's mentor means just so much more. Um, and I love, I love it. I, I hope that that it gets explored in the novelization or something else, because that is pretty powerful in its own right. That Leia and Ray have that bond together. So, um, what else you got, Kyle? What other, where, where else you want to go with this? Well, when we're talking about Ray, um, ah, this is, oh man. This is probably my actual biggest, biggest complaint. And I, you know, I'm on, I'm on the same Twitter that everybody else is on. So I, I see the people who loved this movie. I see what they're writing about, why they loved it. And the people who didn't love it, what they're writing about, why they didn't love it. And I think uh, the reasons I didn't like it are different than some other people. But I, and I think I mentioned this in previous episodes, but to me, Ray being the Jedi from nowhere who's coming in to find her own place and create her own destiny and, uh, you know, kind of showing that greatness can come from anywhere. This is like, this was one of my favorite themes of the sequel trilogy. And by making her a Palpatine, I think that really undermined that. And that really, uh, it really, really bothers me. And I don't know why, I don't know how it helps her character or Star Wars as a whole, or the story, or anything to make that connection that her power has to come from this other guy. The only reason she has all this strength is because she is of this magic bloodline. I, I just, 
I, I don't know why we needed to continue that story. I think it's been done. I think it's kind of tired, and I think they were right on the verge of like setting up this whole new narrative that could have been really cool and really interesting, and they just didn't. And I, I don't know why. I think it undermined her character, and I, I, I really didn't care for the kiss with Ben either, and I know a, lo- a ton of people love that, but I still think... I get his redemption. I get he threw away his saber. You could see it in his face. His scar went away. I, I I get how he was redeemed, and he was not Kylo Ren anymore. He was Ben Solo in that moment. I get it. I'm 100% on board with it. But still, the relationship those two had for the first two movies, I don't know why she would just flip and not like not hug you the way that Jin and Cassian did because they're friends and they know what's happening and they respect each other or whatever, but like to just completely flip it and be like, oh, now I get to have a boyfriend, I think is like kind of tired and old. And I, I, I just don't think that really worked for me. And I, I don't know. The, that, that part of Ray's character development, that end of at least this part of her story and the way she ended up kind of alone on Tatooine where she's never even been before it just didn't work for me. I, I really, really, really did not like that. It, it's my number one, most glaring complaint with this movie that no, I, I feel that I, I think, have, I think there's two, there's definitely two types of fan. Uh, like if you want to break out the fandom into broader category reactions to this, it's those who are cool with the family legacy or having some type of family connection and those who aren't. And then it kind of starts from there. And then um, I kind of see where those divisions go after that, because I'm dude, listen, I, I always thought that this needed to have some type of family connection. I I made a prediction at one point, not on this show, but uh, on another uh, rebel force radio that, that she would be a Palpatine. And I always thought that Ray needed to have some type of family. Um, And I've just never, I can respect people's uh, views that she should be nobody and she should be her own uh, person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I get it, dude. I get it. I get it. But it's not it's not what I subscribe to, so we're always going to butt heads about it. Um, well, I, I feel like that's what was set up in episode seven and eight, too. It was. No, it totally um, so it, it, it was. I, I don't it know was. why they undermined it to me at how to the detriment of that character and to the detriment of the future. Like I, I just I think it's a better more current, more modern, more accessible to new people message to say greatness can come from anywhere. It's like a modern fairy tale. That's yeah, no, but you're right. And that was probably what people thought about Luke Skywalker when the movie came out in 1977, only to find out that Anakin Skywalker was his father. And then they had to film three prequels about the family, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't believe that they were setting this up in episode seven. I, or I'm sorry, I don't believe that they were setting up she was no one from episode seven. I think episode seven was a total setup that she would have some type of family connection the moment she she got handed the the legacy saber, which that if if I'm gonna nitpick anything and I'm just gonna admit to you that like this is my only nitpick about this whole scenario, is that if she is a palpatine, why does the legacy saber speak to her? That was what I thought was the setup in episode seven that she was going to be a solo, that she was actually gonna be related to cause they were doing the father daughter thing with Han 
Han and Ray and their interactions. And I thought there was a lot of tongue in cheek, um, you know, the way that the actors acted that was going to reveal that she had a connection to them. But the Palpatine connection, um, it worked for me. I, I don't, once again, well, I'm an, I'm an if, EU guy. If the magic bloodline is the only way to be have all these powers, why are her parents, why is her dad not force sensitive? Why do we have no idea where he came from? Why do you? I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, no, it was I, messy from a story standpoint. I think it was kind of cheap from like a mythology standpoint. I I get you you feel differently and we'll probably just always feel differently, but I it, No. I no. The, I really like the, the 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 Palpatine's son and this Palpatine son raised parents, her actual parents. I will totally 100% back you and agree with you that that is sloppy storytelling at best, that that just got shoehorned in there to make it work. It, because it gives me no credit at all as like a viewer. No, you're right. And and we'll see if that ever gets expanded upon. There's I've seen a lot of conversation uh, just in the last few days that people feel that that, that, that story is going to get written. Um, but to me, I don't necessarily think that like if a Jedi – has a child that's always going to be force sensitive. I mean, I have twins in my well, family. Well, then what's the point of the bloodline thing? You know what I mean? If it's not, either it's important or it's not, we're kind of like picking and choosing at that point, I feel like. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if like you have to have a, a certain midichlorian count that that passes down through generation, like Anakin's was through the roof, so it passed to Luke, then it passed to Ben. I don't know enough about how that works. To me, the only thing that in the real world I can relate it to is my, my family has twin genetics and it doesn't get it doesn't happen in every generation but i have two younger twin sisters i have twins uh, that were elders etc cetera, etc cetera. um if i were to have children they could be twins um but they also could not they can just be just a s- single child um so i don't know i mean that's the only way i can think of is that his son was not force sensitive but somehow had the gene and it got passed down to ray i don't know that's you're right there's a huge gap there in the storytelling I feel like I'm right in the middle of the two of you, right? So I I didn't love that she's a Palpatine, but I didn't let it and I agree that some of it was sloppy, especially the 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 son being no one and like the whole mechanics of like when did that happen and who's having sex with Palpatine mm, in his nasty it's gross. face. The more you and, think about it, man, it gets and, uh, grosser. Dude, she was the chancellor, man. Like everyone would want to get not everyone, but there's a lot of people that would want to get in on that, man. The most powerful. Well, you know that person picture galaxy when he met anakin for the first time in the phantom menace he's like already an old man so how are they going to have grandkids that are the same age that's crazy gross dude yeah it's just getting it done is bottom line i mean he is the master manipulator right if he (laughs) so so yeah so i didn't so i i i didn't i didn't love it but i didn't let it ruin it for me either and i think that it is a powerful message to say that she's not somebody um but i get the bloodline thing too and i think with the thought process of how how do we have if the bloodlines are important how do we also have people that are kin that aren't you know don't have force sensitivity i think of like the there's a story mechanism for it in harry potter where there's like people who are kids of wizards who don't have Mudbloods, um, magic power. No, mudbloods are people that are that are not pure-blooded wizards. But there are. There's another term for. There's like a. There's a janitor dude or someone that works squibs. at Hogwarts. Who's, yeah, squibs. Yes. So <laughs> I, I kind of just I leaned on that in my brain to to explain the his son not being force sensitive thing. I guess we don't really know that but his son's not force sensitive. We just we know don't that he know. Didn't, no. Yeah. 
it we, just seems contradictory. If we're going to set it up that Palpatine's like one of the strongest, if not the strongest force user we've ever really met. Same with Vader. So Vader's son has to be super strong because, you know, that's how it works. And then, you know, same with Leia's son. And then, you know, so we're establishing that the bloodline is important. But then, uh, well, Palpatine's son, he didn't really have it. So is it important? I mean, if it matters, then make it matter. If it doesn't matter, then why Ooh. did we do it in the first place? You know. Wait a minute. What if? Let's do a little, little theorizing here. I'm going to put my my Chris tinfoil hat. I'm on. already going. What, what if Palpatine's lover was Yuzang Vong, who don't touch the Force <laughs> at all? So that oh, would explain dang. why his intense Force ability and the mom's complete lack of Force would give you the bloodline still important, but that's how he has a son that doesn't have the Force. No, I love it. I'm just, I love it. I'm just using com- I'm using comedy to create synergy between <laughs> the hosts right now. No, I love it. Horrible. No, I love it. <laughs> I, I will. I will say that we don't know anything about his son. So his son could absolutely be force sensitive. His son could have been, um, you know, here Palpatine may have had many mistresses. Okay, that just let's wrap our head around that. That he could have had many mistresses from many different planets that were, you know, at his service, and he just accidentally let one slip. Um, and you know, the the son was born and born out of clearly wedlock and um, just kind of disappeared into the galaxy. Um, and the emperor just lost track of him uh, just because he's too busy, you know, running a, an empire. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, this, this son didn't know, the son didn't know he's force sensitive. So he just goes out and lives a life. And then when I guess maybe Ray gets born, there's, you know, there's a moment where Ray, I don't know, demonstrate some force ability that is a, the force awakens, you know, and the emperor feels the presence or whatever. And is like, Oh, now I'm obsessed with finding my, my, you know, whatever he, the emperor might not have cared about his son. Cause his son never woke up. His son never used well, the he force order to hit on him. Yeah. That's after, after Ray, him. but after Ray was born. Um, so I don't know, maybe Ray demonstrated some type of force ability that caught his eye. Um, but re- just let's not forget that the emperor was very busy. He's a very busy man. So, must have caused a massive disruption in the force when Ray was was born. I don't know. Um, doesn't doesn't uh, haven't we already established that bloodline isn't really that important though? Because people get taken from their families to be Jedi, yes. so like, and yeah, they don't reproduce. Have to be. Right, right, right. So exactly. And um, like the only two Jedi relationships we even know about end in like horrible tragedy. With Padme Amidala and uh, Satine getting yeah. murdered by Darth Maul. Yeah. 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 No, I just think that there's more to the story that we don't know. And and I, I'm not disagreeing at all that it was sloppy and um, that it was it was just put in there to serve the purpose to move the story along. But at the same token, like I still I was fine with it. I was I was reserved that she was going to have a connection to somebody. Um and why not have it be Palpatine? I mean, let's let's be bottom liners here. She's a she's a Skywalker now. She's she has the life force of the solos and the Skywalkers that resurrected her. Um so she carries that energy with her. So regardless if she's a Palpatine or not, she's never gonna tell anyone that going forward. It's not gonna then, be part of and her. And what was the point of having it at all? That's what I'm saying. Like, how to, did to it move even the serve story the, along? How? How did it serve the story? To like, get, they were they were going to take Palpatine out anyway. 
she didn't have to be related to him to go confront him. She wasn't, no. it's not like she was like, oh, he's not my grandpa. I'm just going to let it go. But, but she, to pass his energies through, needed her to be a Palpatine. His energies weren't going to get transferred to Kylo Ren in the same way. You think if Kylo Ren sacrificed the Emperor that the, that his energies were going to go into him the same way? Hell no. Well, that was a whole. He originally whole just point. told him to kill the girl. He was trying to rise up himself. That was like the backup plan when she showed up to kill him. Like, oh, well, kill me and I'll just inhabit you. That wasn't like the original plan. I think that's the one plot point that maybe it serves, but. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Is we keep saying, "Well, there's more to the story," and it doesn't. This was the end. Why is there so much more to the story? This should have been the end of the story, not the beginning of a ten other stories. Well, because I don't know necessarily. I don't know what you know. Okay, so let's let's play in 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 your sandbox, Kyle. Where where would you have wanted this to go after the Last Jedi? How much did the story? get pushed along in the last year. Cause I feel like what they did is they had to, they had to shoehorn a, a, a metric F ton of information into this final movie, because I don't necessarily know what, what we learned so much in the last Jedi other than, I mean, my, my big takeaway was that Kylo wanted Ray to rule with him. And that was his, that was my, uh, that was my takeaway at the tail end as far as like big picture stuff is that Kylo needed Ray to rule the galaxy with him. Like that was, you know, that's just a very um, boiled down approach. But where would you have wanted? Well, I don't know why Palpatine still couldn't have risen up to create the the final chapter. The final. I don't know why Palpatine still couldn't have raised up to create the final order and that he still couldn't have been the big bad. I don't know. I, I still don't understand why anybody feels like we had to establish that she was his granddaughter for that plot line to work. You know, that's it didn't have anything to do with him coming back. They didn't even explain how he did come back. They didn't explain where all of the uh, Star Destroyers and the whole fleet he raised came from. So I, why does she need to be his granddaughter for that to happen? He was trying to get Kylo Ren to come stand at his side. He told him to go kill the girl so they could take over the galaxy together and make him the new Vader. She didn't need to be his granddaughter for that to happen. I don't know. Like there still could have been the same conflict without her being related to him. Hmm. You, you know, you're really not making this fun for me, Kyle. Uh, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. To... <laughs> you no, know, no, I, 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 I'm because really I think to, I... when she stands there and he's like, I am all the Sith who are you? You're nobody. And she says, well, I'm Ray from Jakku and all of the Jedi live inside me. And uh, like, I think that could have been a way more powerful moment than like, well, you're a Palpatine, but you can still be a good guy if you want. Like, I, I don't know. It just kind of didn't really pay off that well. I, I really want to get my hands on the novelization because I want to read those lines of dialogue. I want to, I want to be able to give you a better response to your, your question. Cause I think that they're probably, I'll be able to do it. Um, when I when I actually get to sit down and read the dialogue uh, and kind of uh, I should be able to give you an educated response as to why um, it makes sense, because I'm trying to run through all the lines in my head and, and try to 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 hit your questions here and, and kind of, you know, the, the larger picture. Why, 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 why does it matter? And it's just like. Yeah, fuck it. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter, but it's, I mean, it, it, I enjoyed it. And um, I, I, I wanted, I, and maybe, you know, I try really hard. I wanted to love this movie and I hope everybody knows that. Like 
I bought tickets years ago. I'm on this podcast. Oh, sure. I oh, spend, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, I wanted to love this movie and I went in trying to love it. And I, I just felt like they had this great opportunity. She learned about all the mistakes of the Jedi order, which has been, you know, the star Wars saga is about a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but the failure of the Jedi order is one of the big storylines, you know, it happened and her to learn the lessons of where the Jedi went wrong and why they need to change. You know, I think that was a great setup for a new world order and a new way of doing things. And, you know, they just chose to, you know, she could have been this new person from no one restarting a new thing. And it could have been a reset based on these old ideas, you know, and an upgraded version. And I felt like they just completely abandoned that opportunity that was right there. We talked about that too. We talked, and I was I was a subscriber to that. That I thought that she would be able to start a new order of force users. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, if that's, you know, uh, once again, I'm not bothered by it. I'm not bothered by the outcome. But you, that was something that if they had gone that route, that Ray was going to create this new order of force users or whatever it may be. That I was totally cool with that. So yeah, I, I can see where where that could be disappointing that that didn't happen, but. Once again, I'm not – like this movie did not break my heart as much as it did a lot. Like I just went into it as a popcorn flick. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, as a guy who does like expanded universe and stories, et cetera, et cetera, I have not like gone hardcore and like tried to put all these pieces together. Uh, maybe that's my fault. Maybe that's my fault that I'm not that I'm not trying to – connect all these dots and all these, you know, lines. Cause I can see where there's holes and I can see where there's questions. Cause you're right. I mean, there's, there's a lot more that needs to get answered here than has been answered. Well, I think that let's just remember though, that this is a perfect, perfect time to, to remind everybody that this is exactly what fandom is where everyone's allowed to have their own opinion and, and, you know, it doesn't make anybody less of a fan. Chris loved the movie. Kyle is upset with things in the movie. Um, you know, it, it it's it's still Star Wars. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm not one you of know. those people who's going to be like, well, it's not canon. It's not real Star Wars. It's not. I mean, it is. It is the story. And I, you know, already on the second viewing, I'm finding ways to, you know, make it make sense with the way Star Wars, you know, works to me and what is important to me and and fit things together and you know not that i'm forcing anything but you know sometimes you just gotta it is the story so i have to reconcile it with the rest of the saga for myself you know and that's just i'm not gonna pretend like it doesn't exist or that it's wrong or that it's not real or whatever it is real and it is what happened it is in the star wars canon so you know i'm gonna do my best to embrace it but um, you know, I was disappointed and I hate to feel that way leaving a Star Wars movie because Star Wars is important to me, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely, I, I feel bad that you were disappointed, man. I feel bad that anyone's disappointed by it because we're also happy with the end of Mandalorian. And, um, you know, it, my thing is you got to suspend your disbelief with Star Wars. There's a lot of shit in the movies that over the nine films that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like that's like really interesting choices and really interesting writing and, and whatever. It's not just, you know, my beef isn't just with The Last Jedi. I have, I have little qualms and issues with every movie. And it's just like, 
you know, why did he have to go back and revisit Django Fett? What the hell is Django Fett? What's wrong? You know, all these like random weird things. And this is just another one. Why is Ray a Palpatine? Why do they have to go there? It's just, there's always going to be questionable things in Star Wars, but you just have to kind of roll with it, I guess. I don't know if you enjoy it. I enjoy but I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I love it. I'd love the film. And, um, uh, you know, you're right. If I sit there and think about logistics and all this shit, I'm going to be terribly disappointed. I'm going to be like, oh, fuck, these dudes are right. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of holes you can poke in this thing. And and you're right. Like, the Zori Bliss introduction is kind of like, oh, or another plot point, another character, another backstory edition, you know, I, all these different things. You know, I think the two things is like, it really, really boils down to like, and I've, it's so like trite to say that, but I, I love Star Wars as a modern myth and, you know, uh, as a kind of a, a compass for how to do the right thing. And I think they were, they were like teed up to really modernize this and, and make it so relevant for almost 2020 now. And they, they chose, they made a conscious choice not to, and I just really, even if they're going to play it safe, I, I wanted the story to just be a little tighter and it, it felt too sloppy to me. And I think those are like my two, if I'm going to boil it down, those are like my two major complaints. I'm not going to, I definitely didn't hate every minute of this movie by any means. There's plenty of things that yeah, I enjoyed that yeah. made me smile, but I, those are, I think I, at the base level, those are my two biggest complaints. No, and that's fine. I, I mean, it's going to get better. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think because I mean, here's the thing: even the the last watching of the Last Jedi, I I, I started rewatching it before Rise of Skywalker came out, and I was at home sick on the couch putting on the Last Jedi. It was probably my favorite time I watched it. And I only watched up to the Canto bite scene, so I can't really dive much further in that. But up to that point, that was probably my favorite time I watched that movie, and that was about the sixth or seventh time I put it on. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's my favorite. I'm not saying I'm going to go back and put it on tonight. But at the same token, I was able to enjoy the Last Jedi more um, this last this last time around. So there's all things. You know, I'll go back and rewatch. I expect the it to grow on me. The prequels yeah. have definitely grown on me yeah. over the oh, years. So um, much. All yeah, three of them, especially um, the third one, but. You know, I, I expect that to happen with this too. One thing I'm surprised about, and I like your reasoning though, as far as like things that you know that you didn't necessarily think worked or or whatever, was the kiss. Because I I I was definitely a noted uh, you know non Raylo, and I will say the second viewing when I watched that kiss, I was like, okay, like I it felt right. Like, like that moment in the movie felt right. But I, but I like your reasoning as to why you didn't like it. Um, well, da- Daisy and Adam are amazing. And I got to yeah. say every, I think pretty much there was one really horrible line that I, I hated and we can get to that in a little bit, but I think for the most part, everybody in this movie acted their asses off and oh, Daisy yeah, and, and Adam have all kinds of chemistry. I don't think you could get them to kiss and it wouldn't work. You know what I mean? But from a story standpoint, and maybe I'm not that good of a feminist, but I think that is like a shitty thing for that girl to do. Like this dude who has been like whooping my ass. I literally killed him in like two scenes previously because we're such, so at odds and we're fighting Kylo. But remember that was Kylo, not Ben. I get it. It's a quick flip. I can, I, I really 
she should have leaned in for a hug. She should have forgiven him. She should have, but like to go all the way from we're trying to murder each other to we're making out. Let's make some little Jedi babies. That's too big of a swing. Well, well like, like, like I said, my prediction she should have that more agency than that. They were going to die. Someone was going to die in someone's arms. I thought maybe a head like resting a head against the dead body or something like that. I was shocked that they went kiss. I well, was just, totally it, shocked. Like I said a minute ago, you know, Cassian and Jen died in each other's arms. Exactly. And that never felt yeah. romantic to me for one minute. I think she could have forgiven him. I think they could have had a touching moment. They did not have to make out just for, you know, I I don't want to say it, but it's like, you know, did we just read how many people are angry on Twitter? Let's see how many of them we can appease. Well, we'll make them kiss. That'll appease this group of people. We'll make her a Palpatine. That'll appease this group of people. We'll have Luke raise the X-Wing. That'll appease this group of people. Hell like, yeah, dude. You know, I, I'm not saying that. Every single one of those things was horrible, but like I, I just ah, why did she why would she do that? Why would any woman you know in your real life ever do that with a man that treated <laughs> no, her? I know, that same dude. Way? I know. You know no, I mean? he that's the thing. That's what we were joking about on our hype show. It's like who who is Kylo Ren gonna be redeemed to? The guy's murdered billions. Like, mm. why would you know what the hell you can't be redeemed? And then that's what I was saying. You can only be redeemed in the eyes of the force. So when Ben Solo comes back, he's alone on the Death Star remnants, he's alone in Exegol. Like, no one knows that he is Ben Solo except mm. for those very high-tier, you know, um force users, the Palpatines and uh, you know the well, you know I, I have a thought on redemption and I don't think it's as like I think people treat it like when you're redeemed that means the the slate is wiped clean or something like that and I don't know that that's necessarily the case I think like Yoda explains it in the Clone Wars and but basically your battle with the dark side is a constant thing and it happened you're you're making a choice in every moment to give into the dark side or to do the right thing and like. To be redeemed is to choose to do the right thing, you know, to remove yourself from the yeah. dark side. It's to change your actions and your your way of being. It's not like, oh, I'm a good guy now, so nothing I ever any bad thing I did is now fine. I don't think that's the case, you know. Like Vader was redeemed and he chose to do the right thing. That doesn't wipe away the fact that he murdered kids and blew up Alderaan. Those For things sure. still happened, you know. Same thing with Kylo. I think he is redeemed and he chose to do the right thing and he felt he had remorse and 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 all, all these things and he became Ben Solo, but he still did all those other horrible things, you know, right. and I, I, I think you can forgive someone, but that doesn't mean you can automatically, you just automatically forget all those things too. No, you're right, man. And, and so, you know, there's a lot that we can, there's a lot more clearly that we can break down. And, um, I still even see some things in your notes here that we can, we can tackle. <laughs> um, but I let's, if you're cool you with it, put a pen in it. Yeah, let's let's hold on to some of these notes because I think you and I are aligned on the Chewbacca. Um, you know how much we love Chewbacca in this film and, and Jonas it's and his great. portrayal. He, Jonas yeah. did a great job. Yeah, and I and I want to hear I want to hear a lot of your other issues with it because I'm not necessarily. Here's the thing, man. I'm not disagreeing with any of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think that they all they make sense. You know, especially the way that you lay them out. There are a lot of holes in it, and of course, my response is, well, we're, we'll learn, we'll learn, we'll learn. You know, until, but until I get that novelization and can actually read the dialogue and what the characters, you know, what their intentions were, I'm not going to have great answers 
for this um, as far as like battling a lot of those questions. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see online too is like, why, 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 why? I'm like, dude, I don't, it's Star Wars. I don't know. Like just, I, I, <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> um, but I think that we will get a lot of those answers, um, you know, going forward. And with that, let's, yeah, let's put a pin in it. Let's, let's do another, because this is not going to be the only time that we break this show down. Uh, yeah, and we'll I, and I want a few times. Because we still got to get Vic's opinions, we still got to get his his insight on it. So let's let's kind of put a pause on that, but we can kind of segue into uh, the next segment with that. And I kind of want to. A lot of the questions are what's going to happen after. So with that, people are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. So we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Oh, really? You're cold. <laughs> so, Kyle, you you made a mention that you know now Ray is by herself on Tatooine, and mm-hmm. and you know that's the final. Which, by the way, was one of my favorite moments in the movie, and I really loved it. So, whatever, I don't care. I loved it. I thought it was gorgeous and so well done. Uh, I did have a couple nitpicks with the Force Ghost choices and and whatnot. But where does it go from here? Do we see? What do you think is going to happen? Whether it's a um, whether your thoughts are Ray's story or is it supplemental material to help back up some of those points, but what do you think is going to happen now that the movie's released and in, in, in the books? Oh man. Um, well, you know, I, I think I, I get people liked the ending there on Tatooine. I think anytime you show Tatooine, there's a large section of the fandom that's just going to be happy. Um, I, I can maybe, get why she would put the sabers there. I just don't get why she would be there. She's never even been there. If she wants to be in a desert, which I get they put in the um, encyclop- the visual encyclopedia, why didn't she go to that desert planet they were in in the beginning where there was the big festival and there were the kids being yeah, nice Pisana, to her? And there was people Pisana, around, you know, yeah. Whatever. That's whatever. So um, I, I think the logical person to follow would be Ray, and that would be the person I would be most interested in. If we're going to go, you know, straight from here, I think from like an outside the universe standpoint, the, a lot of those actors said they are not really trying to be involved in it right now. I know, I know Adam driver and, and, um, Oscar Isaac right off the bat come to mind, I think pretty much said hard, no, no more star Wars. Um, you know, that doesn't mean that won't change 10 or 15 years down the road. Cause star Wars is going to be a thing forever now. Um, I don't know what Disney or Finn or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or 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 uh, what Daisy or John have said necessarily, but um, I, I think Daisy and and Ray would be the the next logical path to go on. But they, you know they kind of set up Finn as having a story to tell too. Um, I I kind of yep yep I kind of hope they jump to a completely other a completely different timeline um, and kind of let this Agreed. go for a while. I think the story gets. It, is getting harder and harder and harder to contain. And it would be nice to just kind of start clean without any expectations or without any um, kind of convoluted plot lines or anything like that. And just see where we can give a talented screenwriter and a talented director um, in this universe with, with a good amount of freedom, what they could make happen. You know, I think with modern technology and modern storytelling, we could get something really great, especially if we're not, feeling like we have to be tied to these other nine saga films. Right. I mean, look at Mandalorian's doing without being tied to anything. Yeah. I think the world in itself and the lore in itself can 
can um, be its own thing. You don't need the established characters. I mean, you need some familiar things. You need, you need, you know, places or Mandalorians are pretty like that's a thing that people know. Mm-hmm. Or at least the fans know, you know. And I think if we do some old Republic type stuff, some you know, where there's lots of Jedi, Sith, it could be like Game of Thrones in space. I was gonna say John Boyega did say he would do more feature films, but not he didn't want to do a Disney Plus series. Hmm. So I can so. see that. I can definitely see a Finn continuation. I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle. I will say I think my prediction uh, as far as like if they do continue these stories, we're not going to go in the future. Um, we're going to go back to the Jedi Academy. We may go back to a young Ben Solo um, and maybe explore some of these uh, formative years in animation form. I don't foresee a live action story or a live action Jedi Academy with a you know, I, I don't think they would recast uh, Luke Skywalker, even though there's that dude, I forget his name, that looks exactly like Mark Hamill from the 70s. Um, Sebastian Stan. That's it. That's the dude. Um, but my thing is this. I think that they're probably going to tell more Ben Solo stories. We didn't get enough Ben Solo in The Rise of Skywalker. I did not expect to love Ben Solo as much as I did. And the more I thought about his mannerisms and the way that Adam Driver acted in that film, I want more Ben Solo. It would be nice if he got a line of dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he said I mean, owl. Oh, you're he right. Did he did owl. say owl. Sorry. It was so it was so Harrison Ford though. The whole everything that he did, even you know, there was uh, I saw someone post on Twitter the moment when he shushed Hux on the uh, Star Destroyer. He kind of like put his finger in Hux's face. That was totally Han Solo in the cockpit of the Falcon, telling Chewie get kind of gave him that. And then Han Solo also did that to Princess Leia. Um, kind of gave the finger point. Um, so that was a nice little touch. Um, very Solo-esque. There's a there's a lot of cool things there. But I think maybe we're going to see an animated series. Not anytime soon. I don't think. I mean, who knows? We might we might get a huge announcement here soon. Um, I still think that Kevin Feige is going to be the main point of celebration uh, as far as like big announcement 2020. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what they do. I think this is going to be fascinating. Um, Josh, I, you have any? I'd, I'd really like to see him just announce even who it's going to be. And I hope if they're going to do a trilogy or, mm. a, or a, any kind of multi-film deal, I hope they give it to one director or at least one writer or one screenwriter or whatever and and get an overarching story ahead of time. I think that is something that did hurt the sequel trilogy. Okay. They didn't um, learn that from this. I'd, I'd question their judgment. I don't know, Chris, I don't know where they're going to go. And I'm excited to obviously with, um, Mandalorian doing so well. I think we're going to see a lot of stuff on Disney Plus, yeah. and maybe, um, and I, I just I think that really we kind of went through this period where Solo didn't do so well, so they kind of stepped off the gas on a bunch of stuff, and so to see Mandalorian doing so well means I think they will step back on the gas with some stuff, and they already have. You know, we have like two things we know are in development for sure. Well, no, I guess three with the Kevin Feige thing. And then we also have like rumors of a mall series. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. And so I I think it could really go anywhere. You know, it's the golden age of television too, you know, and it's just as sexy to put something on TV or a streaming site as it is to make a movie really, you know, I, it's still like the big event. The rise of Skywalker was still like probably the biggest deal in Star Wars because it's the big major blockbuster film, but 
um, some of the best stories are being told on television. You know, so if we're making Star Wars series that are being made by with big budgets by smart people who are, you know, I I'm all for give me all the series. I'm not saying I don't ever want a Star Wars movie. I love the movies, but um, you long form storytelling is so much more interesting to me anyway. So if we're going to get a bunch of Star Wars series, I can wait three or four years for a, a movie. No problem. I agree. I agree. And with that, you know, we can we can talk we can speculate on this at length but obviously we we kind of touched on the mandalorian finale earlier in this episode and the, even though this isn't our mandalorian recap show uh necessarily um i'm excited to see where season two goes we you know we kind of i think that we're gonna see we're gonna see bo katan uh we're gonna see those flashback so. scenes we're gonna see a lot of live action i think we'll probably see maul we'll I see a live Bo-Katan action is alive i hope she didn't oh die God, to lose that dark saber so I, I told you I had a little nugget um, uh, about that. And, and Katie Sackoff, the voice actor of uh, Bo-Katan, uh, has continually laid out breadcrumbs on her social media accounts. Oh, has she? Yes. I saw yes. the one tweet a while ago about... There has been several others. So all I will say is get on Katie Sackoff's uh, Twitter feed, read between the lines if you will, understand that season two of The Mandalorian is being filmed right now, and understand that the Darksaber has been put into play uh, in the final episode here of the, of the Mandalorian. So all I can tell you is just to uh, add her... <laughs> <laughs> like I'm already you know, following Starbuck. Get off me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, <laughs> this is going to be, I think that this next season is going to be just absolutely wild. I can't wait. I can't wait. So we can speculate on that the next show, but are there any things you, any quick thoughts you guys have about the, the, the next season of the Mandalorian? Can we get it sooner? That's like my main thought. <laughs> well, At yeah. Least, I mean, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that we know. Yeah. John Favreau put out that, uh, that, shirtless Gamorrean the you know that the little, looks a little odd without it right yeah yeah he looks <laughs> tough he looks super tough uh, I, hope we get just, I hope we get a Gamorrean in season two we have to now I've always there. been a fan of the Gamorrean guards well, yeah Never I seen mean, a Gamorrean not guarding though that's interesting <laughs> yeah yeah, I, yeah. I this is that we um we get a couple more episodes next year I yeah. I, I I don't know like it, I think it all depends on if if eight episodes was a stylist style choice, or if it was like a, we're not sure how. Like, here's what we're giving you. You know, what was greenlit kind of thing. Yeah, I, I hopefully like they like get a longer run, like, longer order. Yeah. I might get I might get killed at this because I like to live in the past, um, and I haven't let the past die. But I hope in season two of the Mandalorian, uh, we get to see some of those old bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back actually do something. Like if we get to see Forlom and Zuckus, or we get to see Dengar uh, come through. I mean, that would just be a fun little thing. Or maybe you know, um, Cad Bane. Let's like let's see a live action Cad Bane. Let's see some of those bounty hunters that we. were we're kind of familiar with tangle with Din Jaren and see how they can, you know, kind of coexist. I think that would be fun. We know that there's no allergy to the animated shows here. I mean, they definitely have paid homage to those. Um, real quick, Kyle, speaking of that, how did you yeah. feel about uh, Ahsoka and Kanan Jarrus uh, making an appearance in Rise of Skywalker? I loved that. Um, I was good to hear their voices. Um, two of my all-time favorite characters. I think Kanan is potentially the most underrated Jedi 
in Jedi canon yep. only because Ahsoka yep. is no Jedi. Um, I hope that doesn't mean Ahsoka's dead, although I think maybe it almost has to. Who knows? Which is sad. Uh, Dave, Dave uh, did tweet that, that picture. That but, picture. Then, but then you know, you're going to have to do some real acrobatics to explain to me why she was not there in that fight. If she's alive at the time, you know what I mean? She didn't have a wayfinder, duh. It's going to take some real explanation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Once again, waiting for the novelization to come out to to definitely verify that there was a Syndulla on the ghost. Um, I mean, that's that's huge all I want. Missed opportunity. Huge, 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 huge opportunity. Huge. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot that we can break down. Let's save a lot of the Mandalorian, um, all the excitement for what's to come there for that next episode. But with that. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Okay, that was another marathon session here. Um, and I felt like we barely even scratched the surface with Kyle's thoughts here. So, I mean, we'll definitely, let's get, let's get Vic on. We got to get his thoughts. Let's do another rise of Skywalker show. Um, I definitely want to do a 2019 recap show with you guys and go over that. Um, but yeah, Kyle, I feel like we didn't even scratch the surface and I'm, I, I know there's a lot left in the tank. Yeah, we got a, we're going to have some time to fill here coming up without weekly Mandalorian episodes and stuff. We'll have plenty of time to talk about all this. Yeah, that's true. We're going to have a little gap between uh, now and the Clone Wars. So definitely excited about that. Um, all right, y'all, we do this, uh, you know, we try to do this every episode is give out a, a little prize to our listeners. And we have a couple prizes here. Um, I'm really excited about this. They're both Rise of Skywalker uh, prizes, but one features our, our oldest friend, Babu Frick. Uh, and it's that Black Series C-3PO Babu Frick that we've had uh, posted as a contest. So as always, if you retweet or share our contest we will enter you into a drawings that you win it so i've been definitely excited to give this one away and all you have to do once again we post up a contest hit us up at sw friends show that's on twitter instagram facebook at sw friends show and enter to win we want to we want to hook you guys up with some cool prizes so let's go ahead and draw the winner of the c3po babu frick black series here we go we got the little generator going thanks for everyone who shared this with us who is the winner? The winner is at 66 megahertz. So at 66 megahertz, I got to look up. Good amount um, of megahertz. That's a lot. That's some pretty decent megahertz for sure. So let me check to see who that is. That's Sharon. Um, Ooh, so Sharon. thanks, Sharon. Um, so we'll, we'll make sure that we get out to you. And then we also did another contest where I just asked you guys to tell me something you liked about the Rise of Skywalker. And if you commented on that, you got entered to win the uh, Resistance Reborn novelization from Rebecca Roanhorse. So let's go ahead and pick that winner right now. Thank for commenting on that let's see here at sponge what is this at sponge brought bob at sponge brat bob so uh at sponge i hope it's a brat, brat is it a spongy yeah, bratwurst what's happening that's i was dude from the mid <laughs> we're all from the midwest man the brat was the first thing that came to my mind i'm so hungry 
<laughs> uh, when you're grilling the brat, you got to really burn the edges. Okay. Go. Yeah, yeah, no, for real. So sponge, sponge brat, Bob, sponge brat, Bob. Either way, dude, I got the mustards to to hook it up, man. So <laughs> we'll get you that copy of Resistance Reborn. Um, but yeah, guys, hit us up at SW French Show. Get in the conversation with us. Jump in, both feet. Go to the deep end. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Uh, at SW French Show, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at show at Star Wars French. Com. Uh, you can hit me up. Tell me, um, tell me about more plot holes that I can't uh, give a good answer to. At no plenty. one is <laughs> at no one is Chris. Uh, you can hit me up on uh, Twitter uh, at no one is Chris. Where can they find you guys? I'm Josh, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore Legend on Instagram and Twitter. Hell yeah! Do we all love Lando in this movie? Are we all happy with Lando at least? Yes. yes. Thank you. Okay, let's end on a good note. <laughs> I was laughing. You know, that's all I can think of. He was so, happy to be there, that's for sure. He oh, he's so stoked. So stoked. So we all love Lando. Uh, that's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing in the world of Star Wars. But yeah, lots to, lots to break down, man. You're right. There's a lot of, lot of time between now and the Clone Wars. So let's get together soon um, and, and continue breaking down this very interesting movie the rise of skywalker so all right next episode should be the mandalorian recap we'll uh we'll connect as soon as we can until next time may the force be with you always <laughs>